You can tell me to shut up. You can threaten to kill me. But it won't do nothing. That girl you raped, whose husband and baby you murdered, that girl died. But you can't kill what's already dead. This woman's a lying thief. She's just upset because I caught her trying to steal my horse. I'll have you arrested, you drunken whore. I'm not your whore. I'm not your nightingale. Your little bird, your dove. I'm not your anything. I belong to me and no one else! Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 174. Welcome to the Buzzed Kill Podcast, where today we fight like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> You make it sound you make it sound so bad. Judging from the movies we watched, uh, that's pretty badass. Hey, uh, big props to Mike. Big props <laughs> to Mike for finding the absolute most downer intro <laughs> that he could Ever. possibly find. Listen, between between one movie being primarily in French and no dialogue, and then the other movie being one of the saddest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It was, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from this week. I get it. Okay. It's a powerful moment. It is. It was. It was. <laughs> um, that being said, I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm roommate Jen. Hey, she's she's back. Wow. And and I'm, I'm going to stop introing her myself because the hot seat just belongs to her now. Oh. We've made this decision. Oh, we have? We have. <laughs> We made this decision without me. <laughs> Jen, we, we have decided that roommate Jen can uh, complete our thruple uh, sitting here at the table. Okay. So, um... I'll, we'll have to talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, we keep... Uh, every time Jen's on, people tell us that our shows are better. So it's true. <laughs> we, we took the cue, and we're However, just like... Come on, uh, come on, whenever you listen, want. I just Honestly, I, when I listen back to the episodes, I have a lot more fun listening to the episodes when she's on. Does that oh. mean? Does that mean that she's good? No. no. Does it mean that she brings anything uh, of substance to this show? Not really. <laughs> no. If if anything, but but if anything, you and I are better when she's sitting here that's because uh-huh. you and i that, that, uh-huh. it's, honestly it's because you and i don't have to worry about filling 100 percent of the airspace <laughs> which gets a little uh because every time every once in a while she'll just pop off at the mouth yeah you know? right and then we'll pop G- her on the jaw given, you know <laughs> oh, wow given this week's episode you two are on fire already so uh, this is today. our episode for women in horror uh, right. that was called acting jen right and uh-huh. scene See what happens when I act out some of these revengeful uh, <laughs> scenes from these movies. Oh, boy. Yeah, we got some heavies for you today. We do. Uh, um, one of them we're not going to talk about for s- probably super long. No. Just because, I don't know, Like I, f- I feel like especially the Nightingale, uh, 
you kind of just need to go see it and not listen to us talk about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going to definitely <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Yeah, we're still going to talk but about it. But... There, it's a lot to unpack, and it's not the kind of movie that we typically can just have a whole bunch of beers at and kind of make fun of and do whatever. It's not yeah. that kind of movie. Yeah. No. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew... I. I so being that this is the last week for Women in Horror Month, I wanted to make sure that we got one in, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook, you know, was The Babadook was one of the reasons between that and Goodnight Mommy were the reasons that James and I started this podcast to begin with because mm-hmm. that movie was amazing. So I figured she has her new movie out. We wanted to see it. Why not choose it? Of course. I knew very little about it. I knew that it was a period piece and I knew that it was a, re- a revenge movie. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I knew very little. Yeah, we I were, don't think that I even watched a trailer for it. To be honest with you, I watched. So I, watched I, tr- I did watch a trailer, and I kind of just inferred certain things from the description of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of went into it going, "This is going to be really upsetting." I went into and it knowing it, nothing, and it was except <laughs> for when you said, "Do you know anything about what this movie's about?" And yeah. I said, "No," but the way you said it, I knew I was in in yeah. for something. Yeah, in yeah, that I was, and we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. it's a uh, it's a very good movie, but super heavy. Yeah. yeah. Not a real date night movie, I would say, no. you know? Um, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Not a good it date night. Anyway. a very poor choice for a date night. <laughs> um, but anyway. Neither of these would be good date night movies. <laughs> I don't know. Revenge would be fun. Once you be a fun date night once movie. Once you get past the terrible stuff. Right. You know, uh-huh. the rest is it's, like. It's all about empowered women. Isn't that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it'd be a great date night movie if you're, if you're, uh, if you're a sub. Because then it would fire up your woman to just beat the shit out of you later on. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So okay. I mean, if, it's, if that's your persuasion, mm-hmm. these are these are great movies for you. you never know. That's what cool works that for you use. Folks. That's cool that you use the jargon. If you're a right. sub, mm-hmm. like I, it took me, I, I know nothing about. It took it. me 30 <laughs> seconds to realize what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, what, how would I? What how would that, I even know anything that, about that world? What so does that say about been, me that I knew um, what he was talking about? Right? <laughs> What's that? So what does that say about me that I knew exactly where he was going? Well, Jeff, <laughs> we did live together for how many years? <laughs> and you know very well. How many Mike times did you have to borrow sub. my handcuffs? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, was neither one of us ever had anybody over. So what the fuck were we yeah, doing? I don't know. Wait, did we? But hold on, I was helping you. I was helping you take apart your. I was helping you take a. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> I was helping you take apart your uh, your dresser when you were moving yeah. out. I was gonna say, didn't we find like a furry pair of handcuffs that you didn't know were there? But it's no. not. That's not what it was. That's not what it was. It was um down underneath the drawer, like basically yeah. laying on the floor was so much new kids on the block oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> I was like, I can, what? I can see how you Are you can, hiding this from the world? What I can you? see how you confuse those furry handcuffs, <laughs> new kids on the block stuff. They're both very sexual. It's all, it's all really, really kinky stuff. <laughs> A drawer overflowing with new kids on the block. It's fine. I mean, hey, to each their own, right? Don't. don't just uh, ask have, questions. It's have fine. You ever, oh, Donnie. Have you ever seen Joey McIntyre's abs? I have. Yeah. I have. Or well, Donnie's for that matter. Hmm. Did, so Donnie got kind of, did Donnie get fat for a while for for acting for acting um, for acting you know I I don't know that it was necessarily like, for a role I think he he didn't get necessarily fat he just not fat but he, like like me what he I got, am. he, 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 out he a was bit. he was an average dude for a bit and you know eating donuts on set and well he stuff, was but he then was he, decently not big but a little bit more pudgy in the Saw movies 
He, yeah. He, yeah. He filled out for those movies. Wasn't yeah. he on a TV show, though? He's on a cop procedural, He's right? He's on Blue Bloods. It's still on. It's been on for 10 seasons. Is he all, is he all, is he all ripped <laughs> up on that? Um, well, he it, must more be so, if he's... Well, more so now. A couple... I think it was two tours ago. Him and Joey both got very nicely toned. Um, so tight and toned. Is this turning into the Blockhead podcast again? <laughs> it might. Oh yeah, you guys need to record. You guys need to record awesome. your uh, your your second episode. We can do it when right? I come back from my cruise. Ah, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, we podcast almost podcast all went to go drink at the same time. That would have been terrible. <laughs> um, Wait, hold on. Let's. But now let's do it. Ready? Ready? Go. He's not ready. That was no, obnoxious. Now swallow by the mic. Ah. No, not that. Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, how have you guys been this week? Super. I started packing. Oh yeah, you're moving. Mm-hmm. Jen bought a house. Yeah. That's exciting. It is very exciting. You're a real person now. Yeah. Woohoo. More real than me. Well, I got a fucking apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I drove by where, sort of where you are. Mm-hmm. I think. It, think. Are you off of? Uh, do you have to take like Cass? Mm-hmm. Over yes, by please. Clint, let's tell everybody where Jen lives. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, over by the, the library right so there. So it's not really as far as I thought. Like when you Mm-mm. sent us the map of it, I was like, yeah. "Damn, she's kind of far away." But it's really not that Mm-mm. bad. Especially like it's just Grossbeck, and you guys are pretty close to Grossbeck. You just take now. What's your up. exact address? Um, one, two, three, four. <laughs> fuck off. Wow, that's it's weird that they would <laughs> name a street that. It's very weird. It's Seems not very like, PC. Yeah, fuck off how, way. Sorry, it's, like, it's, it's fuck off way. It's like, how, way how'd you yeah. slip that by the city planner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, there's... on, on the them, uh, Slipped them a Washington. <laughs> <laughs> on the, I drive by uh, a road every day when I'm out, um, out uh, I don't even know, by Troy. And it's Gerard Way. Nope. It's Gerard Avenue. I'm like, uh, come on. You missed the golden opportunity you did, here. You did. I almost want to like just... I've never tagged anything before. I've never done graffiti. Mm-hmm. But I think this might be my one contribution to the graffiti world. Just go s- switch avenue to way, and then I'll be, everything no, will be right is, in the you world. You should find an actual way sign, and then attach that to the bottom of it. Wow. That's, that's what you should do. That's hardcore. Right? Because that involves, like... Doing shit. <laughs> that involves, like, screws and, and bolts I, and nuts. I know how complicated <laughs> screws, bolts, and nuts are. <laughs> There's actually some. I'm not uh, a smart man, Michael. There's some. There's some <laughs> cool subdivisions around here. Actually, um, not not too not terribly far from here. I think it's like 16 and Hayes or something like that. There's an entire sub that is subdivision that is not the uh, same kind of sub. Not the same kind of sub. <laughs> that is all Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, it's all Tolkien references. It's all Tolkien the, yeah. references from really? Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. There's like all the, all the and streets are different characters from like Tolkien. Ar- books. Aragorn. There's mm-hmm. I don't think there's like Frodo necessarily, but they're the more kind of like. I don't I'm want to, scared. I don't, well, ethnic like isn't the right word. But like, <laughs> no, like, no, like their their names don't sound like stupid white people names. That's all I'm saying. You think Frodo sounds like right. a stupid white people name? <laughs> no, but it also How sounds many like Frodo's. A, did you go to high school? <laughs> couple. I had a couple. <laughs> no, they're the more like Middle Earth sounding names. That was mm-hmm, all I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know the cool names from the book, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's lots of cool stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't had much going on. Actually, I don't think that I've had... My kids have been off of school, mm. so they've been off of their routines. So they've been beautiful little nightmares for the last few days. <laughs> it's Sounds just right. been... Uh, it's, you know, it's been like, you know, yeah. fun and also sort of want to gouge your eyes out at times. 
I accomplished two things this week. Huh. One good, one bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with the bad <laughs> first. Um, I have I've perfected the art of eating shit almost every day this week. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait. Um, you might have to explain that just at, a little at bit. At work, I have just been like killing myself somehow. Like every day, there's at least one time where I've fallen or I've just eaten shit somehow at work. <laughs> I was at my folks' house the other day saying bye to my parents. <laughs> And uh, I walked right off the porch and just <laughs> fell, like straight up ate shit and fell off the porch. Serves you right. I know, right? You fucking That's the first thing that I yeah. thought. Of. <laughs> you, he pushed ago. me off of that porch one time. Uh, Not just a push either. He got because he's shorter than I am. He got up under, like he crouched and then went upward. You know, so he my. took me off of my feet and then yeah. I landed. It was supposed to be first. a joke, but it was very um, ill, uh, ill, ill received. I landed elbow <laughs> first in the garden. There's mm-hmm. all those slate the pavers. It sounds like it was not so much how he like received it. I was, it was just your execution. I was pretty of it. much convinced he was going to kill me. I was unhappy with him. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the closest I've ever come to actually yeah, hurting can, him. You can see like my hand was. It's from <laughs> a couple days ago, but you can see like I just ate shit. My knees all busted Good. up. And then Break today, and then today at work, I'm putting some. Uh, we have like a, a a big like event area where like there's. People can come and have presentations and all that kind of stuff. And we have a big projector screen <clears throat> that I was folding up and putting away into the closet. And I go to put it away, and apparently I'm just an I'm idiot. Projecting in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I pulled up my projector. <laughs> um, no, so like I, I, lean, I lean it up against the wall, but apparently it was a little bit too vertical. And so I go to turn around to walk away from it. And all of a sudden, I, I just hear, and it's, and this is a huge like this thing's probably. 13 or 14 feet tall. The projector? No, the, the, the oh. screen. The screen. Oh, it folds okay, up. Okay. It folds up through <laughs> the vertical base. What Giant the fucking what projector. Kind of it falls this? down on me, and all I can do is raise my hands up to block it, and I, I just fucking... Oh, oh my God. God. My, my, my wrist was bleeding so bad. I really hope I didn't burst one of my veins in my wrist, because it was like... It doesn't look that bad now, but my yeah. whole arm was covered in blood earlier. <laughs> it was gnarly. You'd live. You'd be fine. Oh. Such a klutz. I know, game. right? Like I said, the, the universe just has it out for me. I don't know why. The what thing that you, I did do did good, you do though. to the universe? Right. I yeah. purchased the movie Dick Tracy. That's what you did. Because I hadn't <laughs> because I hadn't seen it in forever. And then I watched it. And it's just as good as I remember it. <laughs> is it really? It is so quirky and campy. Like, it legitimately feels like it's straight out of a comic strip. Um, and sort of has, like, if Batman Forever was a comic strip that was brought to life with really I won't like Batman Forever already had really shitty acting. But like like if <laughs> I don't know, it's just really weird. And I forgot how star studded that movie is. Uh, it's Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Madonna, Paul Sorvino. Yeah. Um there's tons plays, of other people. Who in plays it. Flat Top? A Warren Beatty. Uh Flat Top is um Oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. Um I couldn't watch that movie when I was younger because all of the villains creeped me out so oh yeah much. Like, yeah especially flat they still top. do oh my god flat top scared the hell out of me dude my I... favorite guy was the dude with no face oh yeah that was cool he was like the coolest dude and then he always reminded me a lot later on of the of rorschach uh and the oh, watchman yeah very similar characters um speaking of also speaking of batman forever yeah it turns 25 this year oh does it really yeah i just saw that on the news before i came over here. i actually really like batman forever I i'm part too. of a minority because it feel it has like the there it has Half of the seriousness of the first two movies, mm-hmm. but it has the goofy comic book feel of Batman. Yeah. Like, it's the one movie that I actually think really encapul- encapsulates the 
comic book feel of Batman, you know, with the yeah. with the bright neon lights and the over the top characters and the I don't know. I just liked it. And I didn't you. think Val Kilmer was really all that bad. I was gonna say I think most people just didn't like Val Kilmer as Yeah, I mean he wasn't the greatest, but Um I actually I I think I liked Batman Forever more than uh Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin was the well, one with that's uh Clooney and the Bat nipples. Was that the one with um with Arnold? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Alright everybody Chill. Oh god, okay, you got it right. <laughs> that's Dude. that's the movie that I that everyone hates and I love it. Yeah, it's I, I get it wrong it all the so time. Right. What do you usually say freeze. to freeze? <laughs> all right, everybody. Freeze. I mean it still <laughs> makes it still sense, makes though, sense still but makes it's sense. not it's always it, wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like the, the <laughs> I just loved it. Oh, uh, it was William Forsythe, by the way. Yes, that played yes. Flat Top. And William Forsythe is kind of creepy to begin with. It's true. <laughs> so, it's true. So then once you put him in this weird freaking... Oh, dude, he was so spooky. I also forgot that movie was directed by Warren Beatty. Oh, it I knew, was? I knew it was, hmm. yeah. Hmm. I, I completely forgot about that. But it's really good, though. Yeah, like it, um, it's a shame that movie hasn't gotten any kind of better release. Like, you, like that movie seems ripe for something like, uh, like Shout Select. You know, Shout Factory when they put out yeah, their yeah. non-horror movie like special editions, it seems like perfect for something like that. But I'm pretty sure that it's a Paramount movie, and I believe Paramount is owned by Disney, and Disney doesn't license their shit whatsoever. Mm. So we'll probably never get it. But I, but there's never been like any like documentaries on it. Like I, I would love to know about the making of that movie. Right. You know, with all those big names in it and everything else, yeah, I think it'd be sure. awesome. And I uh, so hey, shout people if you're listening, fucking. Do it. Mike is literally shouting <laughs> yeah. at you right now. Or Paramount. <laughs> Paramount can just put it out, you know? Like, come on. I'm trying to find out what the fuck. Who the... I can't find What's up? it. I was trying to see... Oh, uh, it's Touchstone. Silver Screen Partners. It's Touchstone. Oh, it's a Touchstone. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, whoever it is, I'm pretty sure Disney owns them. So does Touchstone own... Is Touchstone owned by Disney? I, I think no that idea. they are. I believe they are. Jen, you can look it up while we're I talking. I I'm looking it up right um, now. Anyway, though. Um, yeah. That was my week. Cool. Yeah. I Like I said, I haven't had much going on. I'm uh, just live, just living, just living, just living the dad life, you know. Dad life, dad life. You um, know what? I, every but, every week I fuck. This is what I'm gonna do. Every week you fuck. Every week I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know I do. It was a real douchey way of saying it too. Every week I fuck. Every week I fuck. <laughs> you know, every week I fuck. Right? Uh, oh God, this reminded me of a, a line from a movie that my buddy always used to say, and now I and I can never think of what the movie is from. And I gotta get a whole. I haven't talked to him in like fifteen years, and I should just call him tomorrow just to find out okay. what movie this was from. I have from. a question. But it can was... you really call somebody like a buddy if you haven't talked to them in fifteen years? Like, when do they stop becoming like a? Because buddy to me is a close friend. Well, he's my best friend, one of my best friends growing up. But if you haven't talked to him for fifteen years, is he more I'm... of an acquaintance at this point? No, because I'm confident that I could get together with him tomorrow, and it would be like we never. Okay. You know what I mean? That's fair. But he always used to say this line from a movie, and I can never remember what it's from. And it was like. Uh... It's uh, it's like a really sexy like Spanish guy, and he's saying like, oh. "My name is Amigo Montoya." And he's like, An- An- "Angela was a very beautiful woman. She loved to fuck." Oh, oh no! <laughs> Do you know what that is? I, oh, I what can't is it? place it. I can't place it, but I, I Angela, definitely know what you're talking about. She was a very beautiful woman. She loved to fuck. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> Club Dread, was it? The Penelope no, guy? No, 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 no. No, this was an old movie. Like, uh, and I, I know what you're was. talking about. And that was the bad guy. Like that was the. That was oh, the villain. He sounded like a bad boy already. Oh, he was bad. <laughs> um, where else? Where, where, oh, okay. So every week I come on here and I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't do shit. Yeah. I didn't. 
I have got nothing to say. I'm going to make it a point to do something interesting Oh, at least once a week just so that I got something to talk about when I come Ooh. on this show. All right. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be like skydiving. It just has to be like, um, I don't know, like I learned how to do a new thing. You know what I Today mean? Today I kicked a puppy. Right. Never done that before. Exactly. I want to see how it felt. Well, I've felt terrible. I've kicked plenty of puppies, so that wouldn't really be anything new. <laughs> you awful human being. Oh, my God. You know what I mean, though? Like, Perk. I just... <laughs> Stop it. Like, I just want to find... I just... Like, I, I this once a week, I'm going to find something cool to do. How did we not peak doing the poots? Poots! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we peak in And again, your neighbors were like, what the fuck happens on Friday nights in his apartment? Yeah, right? And just... just By the way, Touchstone Pictures is a dormant American film distribution label of Walt Disney Studios. Ah, there it is. I knew it was Disney. Mike just quietly told me to back off of my mic, and (laughs) now I'm going to get closer. That's going to sound like shit, but okay. Just because fuck you. Okay, so real quick, before we uh, (laughs) get into the show and corrections and all that, at the end of the show, we have something special tonight. It's not really special. But we've been talking about ways that we can be better about choosing the shows that we do. Oh, I thought And give people... Do you know why I just rolled my eyes at you? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to play one of your band songs. No, no. <laughs> not yet. That will come. Like, oh, fuck. Um, um, hey, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure that you were the one that said that this new record is the best thing that I've ever done. So I said, I said, it's you did. The, I said it's the best vocals you've ever written. Yes. There you go. Um, it anyway, is though, very good. Um, we've been talking about ways of being better about picking our shows in advance so that people can actually know what we're talking about right. and be caught up. So that, like, I know, like Vito, for example, like he'll he'll always listen to the first half of the episode and then not listen to the movies because he doesn't want them spoiled. You know, we are a spoiler podcast. We make no bones about it. But so what we're gonna do is uh, James and I both have uh, gotten together. I think it was eight. Eight picks a piece. Eight picks a piece, and we have put them in, which will eventually be like one of those bingo uh, bingo cages let's to just, mix them all let's up. Let's just pretend we, like we already have it. Okay, we already have the bingo cage, and all of our ideas are is inside. Is this going to be like the giant wheel that never happens? It's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to be, all His of fault. our picks are in there, and we're going to pick um, at random and fill up the entire next month's worth of shows. And then I will... Uh, Oh, we're picking. Oh, we're not just picking the next week's. No, we're gonna do the entire oh. month, and then I'm gonna post Ooh. a schedule. And so we're gonna do this once a month. Uh, so every show that falls for the first show of the month, we'll do it the one before it, mm-hmm. and we'll pick for the next month. Wow. And then I'm gonna post a schedule so that people can actually watch the stuff that we're watching. Because I know some of my stuff is pretty obscure. I don't know. I don't know about any of your stuff, but it's not stuff that most people may have seen. At least a couple of them. My stuff's not crazy obscure. Okay, well, it's, it's, more it's like, a good mix then. It's more, it's more like, I knew, I told you the other day, I know you're going to come with the wacky shit. Oh, so I got I, the wacky shit. So I just... <laughs> That's I just, wacky! I just pick stuff that uh, people will actually want to listen to. Oh, good. So it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Uh-huh. Um, but we're going to post them a month ahead, though. That way people can do it, and then we'll pick once a month. Cool. And uh, yeah, we'll keep adding to the pot, maybe, or you know, we'll do whatever, but... Um, yeah, that's how we're gonna do it. So at the end of this episode, maybe we'll we're gonna pick. Do, maybe we'll even throw a fan suggestion in there. Oh, I'm not totally into that fan suggestion. We know you're out there, Jen. You don't count. We know you're out there. There's literally <laughs> I never seem to. There's literally dozens of you across the at least contiguous at le- United States. At least two. Yep. At least. Yep. <laughs> so if you two are listening, <laughs> Vito and one other person, mindless genius. <laughs> 
uh, then yeah, make um, some suggestions and we'll put them in the yeah, no, absolutely we will bingo thing. We absolutely will. Um, so yeah, so that'll be at the end of the episode. Uh, we'll do that tonight. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to do that. No fake, right on. So let's uh, let's get into the show and uh, do some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! Okay, uh, first off, uh, Colin Minihan's other movie, uh, we said it was called It Stains the Sands Blood Red last week. It's actually called It Stains the Sands Red. There's no blood in the title. Just want to correctify that, get it correct. Correctify? Yes. How much did we drink last week? Because I don't remember talking about that <laughs> I don't either. at all. We mentioned it because you go, it's a zombie flick, right? I didn't actually know because I'd never seen it. It is actually a zombie flick. That so was you, last week? That was last week, James. Oh, I thought that was... <laughs> I thought that was weeks ago nope. i was sitting here and i don't remember that either also i need to make an apology for um anybody that listened to last week's episode noticed that uh during the drops you can hear our chit chat and babbling i completely forgot to edit out our uh <laughs> our little chit chat <laughs> james's eyes are <laughs> what did i say that nothing can't bad, be good. Nothing bad. That it's just us laughing underneath or whatever but it was kind of annoying to listen to so i apologize for that i will be better okay that's all i got yep. hey. No. <laughs> just, just no. No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we already talked about okay. a little bit what we're doing this week, but James. Oh. Take it away. That's me now. That's you. Uh, so this week we are talking about a couple of, like I said, a couple of bold movies by a couple of bold female directors. What are you looking for? Do you for? already have the beer? I don't. Oh, okay. I thought you grabbed it. Go get it. I was trying to look under your skirt for it. <laughs> <laughs> Inappro- you too. Inappropriate, Michael. So, so um, <laughs> A couple of bold films. I would say that both of these movies were bold in their own way, right? Wait a bit, yes. Both for very different reasons. Yes. Um, by a couple of bold ladies. One movie by Jennifer Kent, of course, who did The Babadook. Mm-hmm. And this is her uh, her follow-up called The Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And a another uh, female... It's quite the doozy. Quite yes, the doozy. Um, another female director from... France, Francais, France, uh, <laughs> <laughs> named Coralie Coralie Farge, and she made a movie called Revenge, yes. and we watched it, mm-hmm. yes. and we're going to talk about it, <laughs> and we <laughs> loved it. Now, I told Mike we should try and and he he tried we uh, because both of these movies have to do with women undergoing. Um, very traumatic experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Better late uh, than never. <laughs> yeah. Um and and sort of rising rising up out of out of the uh the the ashes of their, you know, so, what their life once was. So and one of the movies actually even heavily features the the imagery of a phoenix. Sure. So I said you should try and find some sort of phoenix. I tracked down. Not to mention one of the movies is called The Nightingale. I Albert, tracked you know? down that actual beer. Did you? Oh, that's a it real is beer from the Phoenix Brewing Company. It is a it's a brewing company. If it's the correct one, it is a brewing company from somewhere in Africa, or it's like an island off the coast of Africa or something. It's from a place, honestly, that I'd never heard before. Really? A country that I'd never heard of. Um, You'd I, never even heard of the I'd country? I'd never even heard of it before. Well, um, now, now you need to pull it up. I will. No, I'll, when we, when we break was. next, I'll show you whatever. But um, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the beer. Otherwise, it was a French beer that I could not figure out. So take it for what it is. But the beer that I found was, was actual Phoenix 
like the Phoenix Brewing Company, Phoenix Lager, or whatever it is. Um, well, um, I didn't get the sense that they were. They're not in. Uh, I don't not, know where they were. They're not in France. No, this it guy looks, obviously. It almost looks like they're in Australia. Something I actually like kind of thought that's what it was at first. I don't know why it's, I thought that, but I yeah. just did. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely something like it's that. Right? Cliffy it's cliffy and deserty, which yeah. is you know, it just kind of reminds. There's me lots of, of there's yeah. a lot of buttes, buttes and plateaus. <laughs> and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure he actually throws a dead kangaroo on the hood of a car at one point in time. Is that a kangaroo? I don't oh, know. In my brain, I, I thought that it was, it was because I thought that it was Australia. Yeah, it could very well yeah. have been. A dog, for all I know. Complete desert. <laughs> I mean, that would landscape. be mean. But, that would be uh, mean. So, uh, anyway, to go along Ooh, with a these... dingo. Oh, a that's dingo. Australian. Dingo. <laughs> uh, to go along with these movies from Keweenaw Brewing Company. Keweenaw. Uh, this. Uh, so this is called the widow. Uh, this is called Widowmaker. Yes. Uh, it is a black ale. Uh, I do love black ales. Keweenaw, Keweenaw Brewing Company from Houghton. Michigan, established in what does that say? Two thousand. I can't tell if that's three or eight. I'm pretty sure Houghton's where the Keweenaw Peninsula is, right? I would. I would. No, say it's not, James. No. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Keweenaw. What? I don't. What? Because Houghton's in the middle. I'm pretty sure Houghton's in the middle of the state. There's no peninsulas in the middle of the state. No, Houghton. There's Houghton Lake, and then there. I believe there is a Houghton in the UP because oh. the bottom of the can here has the UP yeah, on. I'm so a, dumb. Never mind. <laughs> you silly boy. So this is called Widowmaker. It's got a uh, it's got a picture of a woman <laughs> with a wow. That is a huge gun. I didn't realize. <laughs> it really. I is. didn't realize how far off that's the label I, it went. That's why Quite I picked massive. it. So it kind of it kind of makes sense. I mean, aside from the fact that this is a a, a woman uh, holding a very large firearm, kind of goes along with the the theme of of what we're dealing with here. But also, listen, we. We picked a couple of girls <laughs> with guns movies, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. Black Ale. Easy on the hops and easy on the palate. A light-bodied ale with hints of smoky molasses and a surprising depth of malt flavors. The Widowmaker, an early pneumatic drill. Oh, it's not a gun. It's a pneumatic drill. Oh, it's a drill? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a gun. Looks Close like enough. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Widowmaker, an early pneumatic drill... Without benefit of dust suppression, introduced to the copper country in the 1890s, contributed greatly to the mortality of miners due to prolong, prolonged dust inhalation. So, so really, this really has nothing not, to do. <laughs> well, all all it's a uh, badass looking yeah, woman she, on the yeah. bottle. Well, all, if I'm not mistaken, all of Keweenaw Brewing Company's cans feature a woman. They do on the yep. on the on the oh. front. That's cool. Um, don't they have one called like Atomic Blonde or something uh, like that? Yeah, there's one. It's, it, there's one with a, a girl with a pickaxe too. Yeah, like yeah. Pickaxe, pickaxe Blonde or something like that. Yeah, I'm guessing. Mo- yeah, probably uh, most of their because uh, Keweenaw Kiwana- is that up? It's in the UP. Yeah, yeah it's the Keweenaw Peninsula. Where's um, where's I- Iron Mountain? Is that up in the UP? I think it's on a mountain. It's up on a mountain. <laughs> I'm just saying, I no like I, made of iron. So I'm guessing most of. M- Probably because there's the one with the pickaxe. Yep. There's this one with the pneumatic drill. Probably all of their beers okay. have to do with mining. And oh, that would make at, sense. At that definitely yeah. capacity. makes sense. And there are lots of copper mines up there, so that actually yep. makes perfect sense. So that being said, though, it's a it's a brewing company that features lots of women. So women in brewing. And it did look to like go a along gun with at women first. in horror. <laughs> you could have picked a a female owned brewery. I could have. Didn't even think about it. 
Sorry. A, such Sorry. A, such a chauvinistic oh pig. I failed this God. week. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Epic fail. <laughs> Cheers. Not unlike the men in these movies, so it worked. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's delicious. That's good. I love black ales. They... Hmm. That's different. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Nothing. Go. What? Keep going. <laughs> no, I do love black ales. They remind me of the same um, flavor profile that you get with black tea. I don't know if you're a big black tea oh. fan, but it's a very similar yeah. flavor profile. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I get like a lot of the molasses yeah. flavor in this. Yep, absolutely. <sighs> My <laughs> nose is plugged too, so I'm mouth breathing, and I like I, every once in a while I like, catch breather. myself right up on my mic, like. <gasps> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, chortle. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. All right. All right. Let's um. Let's start this this bleed feed by taking you back. To a land called 1976. Oh. Okay. Right? Sure. Faraway land. Mm-hmm. A movie called Grizzly was released to the masses. Of course. It's one of the the greatest killed by a grizzly bear movies ever. <laughs> Aren't there a lot of them? If you, if you couldn't already get that from the title. <laughs> uh, a few years later in 1983, they would, be, uh, they would produce a sequel. That sequel never saw the light of day, even though the movie, technically speaking, finished filming. At least all really? the key scenes were finished, but the movie was never completely finished and was subsequently shelved and never finished, right? 37 years later, producer Suzanne Nagy uh, has finished the film. Uh, and we just watched the trailer for it. And if you don't know what this is, look up the trailer. It's great. Grizzly 2 Revenge. <laughs> it is starring a very young George Clooney, mm-hmm. uh, Oscar winner Laura Dern, mm. Charlie Sheen, and Gimli himself, John Rice Davis. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Apparently the first three are kids that get killed, I think, in the beginning. I don't even think they have big roles. I think they're just Well, they're like, in the trailer. Yeah, because and, they have and names. They, and they and they obviously die in the trailer. But I think it's the beginning, though. I don't think that they're in the movie for oh, very long. Oh, yeah, no, they're dead um, super early. But, uh, yeah, this is, I don't know. Uh, back in twenty seven or two, bleh, 2007, yeah. uh, an unfinished work print had leaked, uh, and bootlegs were made of it, so people were able to see it then. But mm-hmm. apparently they went back, and they, filled, they finished some special effects, and actually filmed filmed some new stuff, and finished the movie the way that it should have been. Uh-huh. Uh, so all hell breaks loose when a 15-foot grizzly bear reaching, uh, reacting to the slaughter of her cub by poachers seeks revenge and kills anyone that gets in her way. In the three days before a major concert taking place in Yellowstone National Park, the gigantic grizzly has brutally attacked campers, uh, poachers, and a park ranger. The terror doesn't end there as the giant grizzly bear finds its way to the concert grounds and goes on a killing spree. <clears throat> So to me, what this why was this not called Bearcella? <laughs> it totally should have been called Bearcella. <laughs> uh, uh, that face. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> so the the story that you just said it explains why I was so confused on why the movie looked very much like it was made in the eighties. Yeah. 
but said coming in 2020. I'm like, um, someone did a really good job pretending they made this 35 years ago. Yeah. Um, I would actually be more impressed if somebody were able to make a movie that looked like that now. Ironically enough, and this is going to be a half-cocked thought, um, I was watching something the other day on one of my free channels that I get on my TV. Mm -hmm. There was a a whole channel that has like nothing but top 10 lists. It has to do with movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And one of the movies was a movie that was made just a couple of years ago, but it was made to look like the seventies, and it looks exactly like it. Really? Like if you didn't wow. know, it like mimics everything. It's pretty crazy. I mean, there's cool. like there's certain movies. Um, House of the Devil. Yep. Like House of the Devil looks great. Yep. It, it actually legitimately looks like a seventies movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, but uh, you know what though? Like when you, I didn't know the actual synopsis of Grizzly Two. Kind of sounds like everybody deserved it. Bear Chella, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't uh, <laughs> don't don't kill a mama bear's cubs. Right. You know. Get fucked up. All right. Um, you want to get, get fucked up? <laughs> so um, I'm breaking up the news this week into a couple of different sections. So uh, the first section is board game news. Oh. Lots of board games. You've piqued my interest. Right? <laughs> um, you know Funko. He wasn't you know listening to you before that. But now of course. Funko. They make the uh, the vinyl pop figures, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Funko has unveiled... Uh, this week is Toy Fair, by the way, if, mm. no, if no one knew. So lots of oh, toy news coming fun. out of the, uh, the toy world. Of course, of course. Um, and at Toy Fair, Funko unveiled that it is putting out two new strategy <laughs> games. <laughs> what? They, unveiled? They, they unveiled. <laughs> they unveiled. Uh, two new strategy <laughs> games. Uh, one is going to be a new Jaws game, right? Oh, Another right. Jaws game. We already have Jaws. Made by Ravensburger. Are you mad there's how, going to be another one? I'm just saying, how are you going to improve on that? And then other is a uh, Godzilla game. Uh, both games are going to come with little vi- vinyl pop figures that like have something to do with the game. I'm not sure, but hey, cool. I'm into it. Right? Cool, right. cool. Uh, speaking of Ravensburger, Ravensburger, uh, who put out last year's amazing Jaws game, uh, will release this August uh, their new Hocus Pocus game oh. based oh, on the movie. Nice. Uh, it says two to six players will work together to stop the Sanderson witches uh, before they can create a wicked potion. The f- new game features delightful fantasy illustrations of the Sanderson sisters and other characters from the movie. Uh, a wooden Binks token, spells and quotes pulled straight out of the movie. Wait, do you not get to play as Binks? I don't, no, I think he's just part of the game. Don't want to play it. So <laughs> I was just going to say, if we play this game, I'm Binks every time, or I won't play. <laughs> Fair. And uh, if you can't even play as Are Binks, so I, don't, I have no a interest. Disney, this is a Disney uh, licensed game. Sure. Uh, and Ravensburger has put out some other ones. They put out, I believe, a Melissa, a Melissa, Maleficent, Maleficent game. Maleficent. Um, also, as well. So they have like a little line of Disney games they've uh-huh. already done. So I, I don't know if this is geared towards adults or more geared toward kids, but it's Ravensburger, and they put out amazing stuff. So yeah. their knows? stuff is so good, dude. Um, I like it. I let's see it. here. They're puzzles. Uh, finishing up hmm. for the games here. You uh, want a high quality puzzle? You go Ravensburger. I'm telling you. Good to know. <laughs> you done? What? You good? By all means, continue. Oh, did I interrupt you? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Coded Chronicles is going to be putting out a new Scooby-Doo game called Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion. What's awesome about this is that you will solve mysteries in real time in an escape room type setting. Oh, which that's is cool. Is it a board game? It's a, it's a tabletop game. So I don't oh. know if there's a board to it or if it's all cards or what. It just said tabletop. Right on. Whatever that means. But... Um, <clears throat> 
The uh, the release here says, uh, Coded Chronicles games like no other tabletop games you've ever played before, as the name suggests, are the first at-home escape room-style activity that integrates storylines from iconic franchises into the foundation of a unique code-revealing mechanic, uh, which players use to cooperatively and gradually unlock new parts of the game. Uh, it's a nail-biting uh, excitement of real escape room without time limit. Um, let's see here. More than 50 individual clues are hidden in this game's interactive game board and pieces. Oh, there you go. So game oh, board. Cool. And pieces to help you discover what happened in Lady Fairmont's haunted mansion. Players will share five narrative booklets to be read as everyone works together to fill in the story's missing details. Different parts uh, are kept in secret envelopes to be opened as the crew unlocks the answers, keeping everybody on the edge of their seat. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of like this cool. It sounds really cool. I wonder. It sounds like the... one of those dinner party games. Is yeah, actually yeah, what it yeah, sounds for sure. Like. It sounds really cool. I wonder what the murder re- mystery. I wonder what the replay value is going to be on that. You know, I was just I thinking know. that like, is it different? Like different storylines each time. Yeah, like, like multiple. I would imagine. Because I, well, I guess with Clue, like Clue can always have. Yeah. You know, different, uh, different it's options. It's designed in a way to where everything like can that. be yeah. inter, uh, you know, intersected and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It, either way, it sounds really cool. It sounds yeah, like it a lot of fun. Really fun. For the right price, even if you only get five or six good games out of it, though, sure. that's worth it. Yeah, yeah. For know, It's sure. going to be one of those games where you don't play for a year and you kind of forget everything anyway, you know? Right, right. Uh, unlike some games like Trivial Pursuits, really shitty horror trivia that you can only play once because <laughs> the deck is so small. <laughs> well, that's, that's if you go through it all in one sitting like we did. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, some comics news. How about that? Some book news. Uh, for fans of children's gross-out and spooky stories, uh, you'll be thrilled to hear that Garbage Pail Kids are returning for a three-book series penned by none other than R.L. Stein. Really? Right? Garbage Pail Kids and R.L. Stein? <laughs> I was going to say, you just sounded like Scooby-Doo. Garbage Pail Kids and R.L. Stein. Um, uh, The first book, Welcome to Smellville, totally an R.L. Stein title, uh, will be released October 6th, 2020. So if you're into that, you can look forward to that. Uh, Dark Horse Comics is bringing... Now, we talked in the past about how the original uh, Alien uh, Alien script was being turned into a uh, comic book. Alien 3 script was turned into a comic book. Now... Uh, the original Predator script is being turned into a comic book. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like the bones of it are sort of similar, but there's a lot of differences that uh, were cut out of the movie from the original script. The bones so, are similar. It's just Jean-Claude Van Damme running around the forest. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen the pictures <laughs> oh, of him? It's so oh, it's bad, amazing. Dude. I wish we got that movie. <laughs> it's so I wish bad. we got that movie. Uh, anyway, though, uh, they're bringing the, uh, the five-issue comic series to life. Uh, the first issue drops on June 10th. So if you're into that, check it out. Um, Let's see here. Revenge of the Living Dead will be an unofficial continuation of the 1985 movie Return of the Living Dead uh, based off of a screenplay written by Return of the Living (coughs) Dead actor Don Kalfa? C-A-L-F-A. Kalfa? That's that seems like seems there's no right? reason you shouldn't be able just, to just look at I that word. I just assumed I'm going to get it wrong. So he, just, he assumes the the easy ones are like that. He's just saying it wrong because he doesn't. He fucking he flies it up so much. He'll fly into the most complicated name with so much confidence. confidence. Yep. What's the one that he always fucks up? What uh Oh god. There's lots of them. It was just that you might have to be more. There's specific. just one that. Oh the the. He'll, he'll, <laughs> I never do that. I wanted to see Orlando Blue uh, bang Kara Devilon. Oh, God. And he says it with so much. And it's, it's like, Delavine. I know. And then, Shut up. And then he's confronted with the name 
Kalfa. So C A L F A. So Don. So Don. And he has questions. So Don, you've made him nervous about it. So Return of the Living Dead actor Don Calfe wrote the script in 1985, right after the release of the original movie, and they're turning this now into an actual graphic novel, oh, which cool. is pretty cool. Yeah, so sure. that'll be out uh, in March of 2020. So really soon here. Shut the fuck up. Um, to the end of my comics news here, uh, Dynamite. Dynamite has been putting out <laughs> Dynamite. Uh, fuck that up. I think it's start that I over. It's, I think it's Dinamite. Yeah, Dinamite <laughs> Comics has been putting out uh, an absolutely stellar Dynamite run of Army of Darkness comics. They've been all great. Oh, they're cool. fantastic, right? Um, they're going to continue with the uh, the series with Army of Darkness uh, uh, series called Death to Army of Darkness. Uh, it actually comes out this week, so it's already like as soon as you hear this, you can run out and get this. Go scoop it up. Um, it's, uh, it picks up six months after the events of the original Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, and it says here, uh, six months after the events of Army of Darkness, Ash is just trying to settle down and get back to his groovy ways. But damn it, Deadite possessed strangers keep attacking him at every turn. Why is the evil following him everywhere he turns? And what happened to the awful splinter spell? Called, wait, what? And what happens when an awful splinter spell <laughs> causes Ash to become Team Ash? Splinter. It says splinter cell. Oh, you said you, you said, said splinter spell, spell no, actually, and you said splinter smell. No, it, it actually does say splinter spell. I don't know what that means. Oh, it does. But that's what it actually okay, says. So okay. we've had all three. So anyway, <laughs> Ash is joined by the. So get this. Ash is joined by the personification of his feminine side with Ashley Williams. Oh, makes sense, oh. right? Uh, Lil Ash, which I'm assuming is like a baby, a child, or a child, or a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Could be that Lil Ash. Uh, Dash, aka Doggy Ash. Oh. And then uh, the cynical, morose skeleton Ash and Cheney. Ash's now sentient chainsaw. <laughs> cool. Yeah, what a sounds, group of morose motherfuckers, that right? That sounds like fun. Um, let's hear. Uh, together, they must travel through time to ancient Egypt and prevent the Necronomicon from ever being written in the first place. Along the way, can Ash solve his split personality predicament and how would other feels about that? Yada, yada, yada. It sounds like stupid fun, and yeah. I'm into it 100%. Yeah, totally. These dynamite, awesome. I'm sorry, these Dinamite um, <laughs> comics are always really great. The art's great. The stories are fun. They're all like self-contained stories, which is cool, so you can like just pick up a couple issues at a time, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very cool. Cool. Um, before we get to your blues, Are You Afraid of the Dark was picked up for a second season. Oh. Pretty cool. Neat. If you're into that kind of I stuff. I actually almost forgot I, that there was a first season. <laughs> oh, it was only I three probably, episodes. I should but... probably check those out at some point. All right, James, what's new on Blue? All right. I'm going to shorten this first one because I just have this sneaking suspicion that it's going to be too long for Jen. Just you a... just know me so well. <laughs> Arrow Video announced today that Gamera, the complete collection, is currently up for pre-order and will hit shelves in the U.S. on July 28th. You need the Jack Daniels? Jack me. <laughs> I, really, I really need to think before I say shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have this wheezy fucking laugh tonight. That's his nervous laugh. <laughs> for the first time ever. <laughs> for the first time ever worldwide, all 12 tales of the adventures. <laughs> Of everyone's favorite Titanic Terrapin are collected together in one deluxe Blu-ray box set. You know what, Jen? Fuck you. I'm doing the whole thing. This limited edition collector set traces the decades-long evolution of Gamera from the friend, 
<laughs> from the friend of all children in his more light-hearted earlier films to the guardian of the universe in the groundbreaking 1990s reboot series, often hailed as the three as three of the best kaiju films ever made. I have seen one of them, yeah. the first one, and it is amazing. Is that... They're really good. They're from the 90s, I think. I just said that. Oh yeah, sorry. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> I often don't. But no, it is the if the first one though is judging the whole series it has to be amazing because that first one is awesome. Cool. It's like it's like the um the nineties and two thousand era of Godzilla. Like they're some of the best ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're just great. Especially especially Godzilla ninety eight, right? Hey man. <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> Mike loves that. I movie. do. I do. Uh <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> This week, Blue Underground announced that Lucio Fulci's Zombie is headed to 4K Ultra HD, Dolby Vision HDR, and new Dolby Atmos Audio Mix. It is headed to 4K Ultra with Dolby Vision HDR and Just Dolby when you Atmos thought you'd never mix. see a zombie fight a shark in high definition. Okay. <laughs> uh, the release will feature a brand new 4K restoration from the original uncut and uncensored camera negative. And hours of new and archival extras. Can I bring something up real quick that I noticed uh, while I was doing? I I don't know if it's I don't I I, I didn't take down the names of who wrote this thing for because uh, I got this off of Bloody Disgusting. I don't think anybody on Bloody Disgusting uses the Oxford comma, and I feel like that's a genuine sign that you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you notice that, that is signs of a genuine psychopath. No, wrong. I don't know. I just uh, it bothers me when people don't use it. Okay. I know that you don't have to, because the and kind of takes the place of it. But you know, there is a movie called The Oxford Murders. Maybe that's what it's about. <gasps> it's about me murdering people because they don't use the Oxford comma. I don't know. It's like it just feel like the world is chaos if you don't have it. Just. Just put it in there. Anyway. Tagline is, punctuation, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Georgie, a short film from 2019, which stars Tony Dakota and Ben Heller, the actors who played Georgie Dembro and young Stanley Uris, respectively, in the original 1990s miniseries, uh, will be released on Blu-ray in March as part of Meridian Releasing Group's MRG Collective Volume 5, a collection of eight short films by independent filmmakers. Sounds what? Nothing. What are you shaking your head at? Dart in your eyes around. There was a lot of whiskey in that. Some kind of weird. <laughs> That's really all it was. No, it's, it sounds pretty cool, though. It's it, it's supposed to be, uh, um, like I said, it's a, uh, or did I, did I say this? I don't know if I said this or not. It's it's supposed to be kind of a like spiritual successor to the original 1990s. Oh, cool miniseries i'm into that and uh yeah the fact that they got the original actor who played young george dembro and young stanley Uris, that's pretty dope yeah. so anyway last but certainly not least fabricio bitar's horror comedy ghost killers versus bloody mary wow. will be available on dvd and vod march 10th being sold as an exercise in hilariously bad taste in the spirit of peter jackson's earliest work mm. Ghost Killers. I've got the chunky bit. Oh, I've got a chunky oh. bit. Uh, Ghost Killers vs. Bloody Mary will uh, tells the story of four YouTubers who, with expertise in paranormal activity who attempt to tackle the mystery of a ghost that haunts a high school bathroom. 
That sounds that sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah, well. That sounds like they stole it from Harry Potter. Yeah, but the, Oh shit, you're right. Mm. Oh, it's the uh, Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, Moaning Myrtle. That's a little weird. She was she was kind of was a strange. weird character, wasn't she? She was, yes. Cuz wasn't she like she wasn't she like hypersexual too? Yeah, yeah, she was moaning. <laughs> no, not cuz she was moaning, but didn't she always talk about like like going in and like peeking at the boys and stuff like that no they're well they're in one of the movies she ends up in one of the she's floating through the drains and ends up in the bathtub with harry and and references that she had been in the bathtub with cedric isn't it so but, she kind of creeps on the dudes okay. in their yeah baths I, so i guess she's not hypersexual she just likes looking at pipe <laughs> <laughs> she's just a bit of a creep a little she bit. would love one of our movies tonight <laughs> mm, Mm. Um, okay, anyway, uh, is that it for Blues? That's it. All right. My last bit of news here is, uh, what is, let me ask you a question. What is your favorite movie about uh, an orphan girl who gets adopted but ends up being like a 40-year-old woman terrorizing the family? Well, Mike, let me answer that question for you. <laughs> that would be Jen's life story. <laughs> uh, T- TBA. No? TBA, because we're still making it. <laughs> uh, the Orphan. Yes, okay. Yeah. I don't know how you picked that out of all those movies about that, but okay. um, we are getting so a prequel mad. to The Orphan called Esther. Yeah, uh, why This not? is pretty cool. It's random. It kind of seems like a random prequel to get from a movie that came out, I don't know, long enough ago to where I feel like it's kind of forgotten about, and it's, I don't know. When did it Esther seems come like out? Like weird... 2011? Or well, no, Esther hasn't Not Esther, um, The Orphan, 2011, something like that? Uh, so this movie, though, will tell the story of the origins of Esther mm-hmm. and uh, how she came to be in uh, the movie that we all know. And it says, uh, Lena Klamer uh, orchestrates a brilliant escape from a Russian psychiatric facility and travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. But Lena's new life as Esther comes with an unexpected wrinkle that pits her against a mother who will protect her family at any cost. Huh. So, uh, interesting. Never in a million years did I think that we were going to get uh, an origin story to Orphan, but uh, here you go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, is we, is uh, Isabel Furman going to be in it? Or? I have no idea. Um, yeah, that came out in 2009, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, so. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of movies about revenge. Yes. Made by some uh, bold ladies. Hell hath mm-hmm. no fury like a woman left for dead yeah. with, with guns. <laughs> yeah. Comes back and kills people. Yeah, that's the way to end it. Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Gent. Jennifer Gent. Jennifer Gent. Like Gent music. Oh. God. <laughs> what the fuck are you Fucking just whoosh, right over your head. Jennifer Kent uh, directed one of our favorite movies ever in The Babadook. 
It was the whole reason that we had started this podcast. Is the one whole of our reason. favorite movies ever? You think? Well, in the, it's one of my favorite like horror movies. Okay, hands down. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It really is. I mean, sure. it's 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 the kind of movie that got you talking. You know, there was a lot of subtext to what you saw. Right, drew us in. And uh, between, like I said, she she created this uh, this film that stuck with us yes. for for a long time. So uh, when when her new movie came out, The Nightingale. We were like, we have to see this. And of course, we didn't because, <laughs> because it's us. Because we're us. And um, when, when the idea of doing a Women in Horror Month episode, though, came up, I go, there's no better time to watch one of our favorite women directors of one of our favorite movies that had come out in the last few years. Yeah, The Babadook was her... Uh, debut. Yeah, her debut. Yeah. So with something that strong coming out and oh drink by the way you just talked during a burp it was more of a i've got <laughs> stuff stuck in my throat um the babadook i would say was polarizing yeah there's people who loved it and there's people who really 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 hated it mm-hmm. <laughs> which people, i don't understand those you people, know, those people but... are stupid um go to hell you know right but uh it's <laughs> a straight <laughs> um yeah so when we saw when we saw that she like even back when this thing was still in production, we're like, oh man, Jennifer Kent's making another movie. We were, it's gonna we were be chomping at the bit to see yeah. this movie. We had to see it. And of like course, said, we waited a year. <laughs> typical fashion for us, we waited it's a, a bit. You kind of got to let the you got to let the hype wear down. This is another one of those situations, though, where when we do the show, we have obligations to watch other movies, and there was never the right time to watch sure. it, and it just it just didn't happen. Right. That being said, um, when I had the idea to do the one episode at least for Women Horror Month, we're watching it, right? We're doing it. Um, we talked at the beginning of the episode about uh, what we all knew about it going in. I knew very little about it, and so I was not expecting the powerhouse that this movie was. Yeah, Mm-mm. and uh, um, as always, spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers There's going to be spoilers. This is a new movie. It's on Hulu? Hulu, yeah. Hulu. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Uh Go watch it. I would, uh, I would say a, a warning though. Very, uh, it's distressing. Very distressing. Yeah. Very it's, upsetting. It's, it's not subject easy. matter. Uh, yeah, I heard. Like, I like heard even, Jen. Even, even Jen's face right now is. <laughs> we heard. So we all watched this movie together. I heard Jen make uh, sounds I'd never heard her make before, and I don't mean that. That sounds it's terrible. Not a joke. No, no, no. I don't mean that in. A joking way, yeah. like well, there, there was, was guttural reaction from Jen, who was a new mother, yeah. to some certain scenes in this movie, and it's a hard watch. Yeah. It is, you know. Pardon us for not being our normal stupid joking selves. We'll be talking. I about was going to say we usually try and bring a, a bit of levity to the the movies that we watch. Uh, this is probably not going to be one of those ones because there's no. not a lot to joke around about with this movie. It's super super heavy. I this um, is like the. Um, the the genre version of Schindler's List, in a sense to where it's not a movie that you're going to watch all the time, but it's a movie that is important. Yeah. It's a movie that is extremely well made, and yeah. is is powerful on levels that will stick with you. You yeah. know, so it's like like I said, I, I was telling Jen or, or both of you guys earlier. I go, I go, I need to own this movie, yeah. and you both looked at me like. I never want to rewatch this movie <laughs> because right. how distressing it is. And yeah. I go, it's not about that. I will probably rarely rewatch it, but it's the same reason that I own a movie like Schindler's List right, and, right. and anything else that falls yeah. into that category. It's it's important. You know, we just had the Oscars uh, come come and go, 
And it's after watching this movie, I was absolutely just floored that this movie wasn't in the Oscar conversation at even in terms of just best foreign film, you know, because yeah. right. this was a, this was a straight up Australian, uh, Australian made movie. So it's technically speaking a foreign film, mm-hmm. even though it's mostly in English, there's uh, one of the cool things I do love about it is that there's an, a, a language that's spoken in this movie that has never been spoken in cinema ever. And that is the, uh, it's the Tasmanian Aboriginal language. Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Palawakani, Palawakani. It's, it's it's nearly extinct and it's never been spoken in a feature film really? ever. First time you're ever hearing it on on film. Wow. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah, it's very very cool. And Jennifer Kent like really went out of her way to make sure that everything about this was the exact way. They hired um they hired a guy named uh, uh, Jim Everett who was an Aboriginal consultant to make sure that everything was to a T correct. Uh, it's <laughs> it's just funny like that when you picture the guy who's going to be the oh, yeah. the expert yeah. on aboriginals you don't picture jim, jim everett, everett. <laughs> well, like like the whitest dude you could think yeah. of whitest that's, that's fair. Ever. Yeah. so i'm not even going to um attempt this so i'm gonna put this on the screen james 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 oh jim. wow you want me to read something i do um <clears throat> i want you to read <clears throat> jim uh jim everett yeah. Is this? Oh wow! Whoa. Uh, can you can you make that a little bigger? I can try. Maybe not. Just take it down to the single pane. Yeah, I don't know how to do that though. Point is. Oh, okay. I know what that is. It's oh, a family do. name. Oh, okay. Uh, because when they were talking about um, so in the movie, uh, there's a scene where Billy is traveling with uh, um, the Claire. Night, with Claire. Yeah. And they come up to they're they're finally coming into that town, and there's a group of a group of guys with um, collars with, around their necks with and, Aboriginal yeah. with Aboriginal men at gunpoint, and they have collars around their necks. And it's such a sad scene. Oh yeah, it's it terrible. Was, yeah. They start talking about their family names, like basically saying like, "Oh, uh, is that he's, one of them? he's telling them like, identify yourself, like, what family do you come from?" And I don't remember what their family names were but it's the it's the i wish you could blow that up down at the bottom right's the zoom oh good point there you go jen so the uh oh crap oh Oh, crap i don't know what's going on yeah i don't know how to get over there (laughs) (laughs) how do i get over there Oh, okay. I found it. Um, um and yeah. I, I may have misspoke. I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a, a family name, as, as much as it might be. I'm there, like maybe tribe, tribal name or something, yeah, like, name or something from, like that. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Mary, the like the Marionier part. At, yep. Both of the names that they said, like when Billy introduced Plonger himself, Marionier, something like that. Plunger Marionaire. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's. I'm, I'm sure I'm yeah. butchering that name. Plunger Mar. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what the. Uh, oh wait, Aboriginal name is Perlia Minamata. That well, man that, whose that's, original that's, name is Perlia. That's Minamata. the Aboriginal name of Jim Everett. Okay, so obviously Jim Everett is, <laughs> is not his real name. A um, colonized name, if you will. But yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, so but both of the names that they say when they introduce themselves to each other end with that marionaire mm-hmm. part. Uh, 
so I think that's probably what it is, like a, a tribal name or something yeah. like that. Okay. I I'm completely ignorant about all of this stuff. As I don't know I, anything I. I know obviously about, about Tasmanian it. Aboriginals. So, um, but that being said, though, it was the this movie is. We keep saying it's a tough watch, right? Uh, yeah. The whole the whole idea of what the movie is. It's a very it's a it's a fictional story, yet it's set in in history of of the area of the people of stories that actually did happen. Mm-hmm. So for even though the story itself is is fictitious, all of the stuff did actually happen. Yeah, in the, some form or another, and that is the colonization is such a hard. thing pill to swallow the colonization yeah. of that area uh by the british and how they would basically just sort of pillage their way through the through the land like taking the taking the aboriginals as as slaves essentially yeah. and i they were it's, it's not like they were living as slaves it was almost like they were um they were because they were using them as guides yeah uh, throughout the movie, and it's not like they were enslaved, but they were they were they were definitely it's it was pretty obviously that they were well they were lower class citizens they well, were like well it's pretty it's pretty obviously that like that they were kind of um, they were um, complying out of fear that, right that they would be killed and yeah. and it, so it, many of their families had been killed off right. at that point they were doing what they needed to do to survive right and it was. It was hard. It was hard to watch just the, yeah. a lot of the different aspects of it, not just the one scene that, ma- that made me make sounds I don't think I've ever made during a movie. <laughs> um, like the, I think James described it the best. It was literally like a sob came out. Like I couldn't hold it back anymore. Yeah. But, um, but it was many different points of this movie, and that was that was a big part of it. They had been almost wiped out, mm-hmm. and and they were being really just doing what they had to do to survive and it was a sad like their, state of their things. compliance was just a sort of a last ditch effort to keep right. some of their people alive right and yeah. it did not take much for the other people in this movie to slaughter them yeah yeah for um, just no reason yeah it was terrible so um, let's let's set the stage though for what the movie's actually about yeah, yeah, yeah. um set in 1825 claire a young irish convict woman uh, chases a British officer through the rugged Tasmanian wilderness, bent on revenge for a terrible act of violence he committed against her family. On the way, she enlists the services of an Aboriginal tracker named Billy, who was also marked by trauma from his own violence-filled past. Mm-hmm. I think that was another thing too: is that the it was a point where the Irish were being very easily persecuted as well. Like they were, well, they were being. Uh, drawn out as convicts and they yeah. were put in prison basically if you weren't english like that. you were mm-hmm. you were yeah. a slave essentially mm-hmm. or, or looked at as a, again a lower class yeah. citizen because they are... bond over the fact that billy thinks she's british and she's like i'm absolutely not british i hate them just as much as you do mm-hmm. i one of, one of my favorite parts about this movie is how she she was very much like i am ireland yeah like it yeah. wasn't i am I love the fact I'm, that it wasn't "I am Irish." Irish? Yeah. It's "I am Ireland." Right. It is the, her vocabulary in and getting that across was so much more powerful mm-hmm. than saying, "Oh, I'm Irish." Like, no, see, I am Ireland. Like, I represent my country. I, right. I love right. my country. Right. Like, and then she speaks in uh, Gaelic, yeah, like, yeah. which is apparently, from my understanding, uh, they learned. They all had to learn languages. Um, 
So you have uh, you have uh, Aisling, oh God, Franciosi. That one, uh, who plays Claire. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Um, Michael uh, Seesby, who plays her husband, Aiden. Sheesby. Sheesby, who plays her husband, Aiden. Um, you have... Uh, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try come, it. Come on. Uh, Bekali Ganmabar. Just just sound it out, dude. Bekali Ganambar. There you go. Shut up. <laughs> it's like you just phone Sometimes in the... Sometimes you make them more you're difficult like, you're like, you just You go, Bekali Ganambar. <laughs> I, just, I it's feel like It's like the scene and It's like Because I scene. feel like there's something like that I'm supposed to be saying that I'm not. Right. Like, I'm just... I, I don't want to pronounce it. You try to make it fancier it, than it is. Well, I don't want to yeah. pronounce it the stupid white boy name. So I, <laughs> so I try to add something to it. It's he like, adds a bit of flair. It's like, now I can bring a bit of levity to the situation because it's like in... Uh, it's like an army of darkness. <laughs> what, how, how does he say? Naktu. Klatu. Vrata. That's you trying to pronounce names. It really is. It really is. Uh, he plays Billy. Um, and honestly, I think... Mangana? Man, between Claire and Billy, I don't know who had the better performance. Oh, they were both They're so both They were fantastic. both incredible. Yeah. Like, incredible. Incredible performances. Yeah, and and to, to just to add to something that Mike said earlier about uh, how you would have expected to see a movie like this in the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. this movie did sweep uh, basically the Australian equivalent of, of the Academy yeah. Awards. It and, swept and won like, and won awards in tons of other places. Yeah, like mm-hmm. seven seven. It's I think it took seventeen of the seventeen of those. But James, what Brad Pitt was in a movie this year? Oh. Directed by that Quentin Tarantino fella. Oh, he's so handsome. So, so obviously that's going to be the best one. <laughs> Why are we doing Southern accents? I every I feel like every time that that's like your go-to for stupid people. I don't, well, I don't know why you do that. It's fine. It's really offensive. It to is people kind of. Yourself. <laughs> but but the funny thing is when I, I I've said this before when I do when I do imitations of people from Bad X. Where I grew up right. in the thumb it's, of Michigan, where not a single person has a southern accent, <laughs> I'll always use a southern accent. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's uh, your default. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Sorry, sorry, southern people. Uh, we know you're not dumb. Right. No, you make. I think what it is is most people that I, most people that I know that are dumb have are have, from no, 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 the no. south they have like, this weird twang to their voice that reminds me of being stupid but most of the people that i know that are actually from the south are not dumb i actually so know so i don't it's a weird i actually know exactly who you're talking about it's <laughs> <laughs> one person that i get it from um anyway though uh, in in terms of your your villains you have a uh, hawkins who is probably the most despicable character in a movie that i've seen in the last decade oh god like seriously he's the fucking worst and hats off to sam clafkin who played him because i mean come on dude (laughs) again with that one (laughs) listen you do realize that i'm a little bit dyslexic so i see the c in the beginning of his name and it just my brain puts it there okay so that's fine. I have a little sympathy on me here. I will have none. That being said, if I have sympathy his, on you, you won't be able. You won't grow as his, a person. His performance, though, of this despicable human being. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I 
He was incredible at making you hate him so much. Yeah. Right. Which is probably like, not an easy task. Like <clears throat> I can't no. imagine, like, for a lot of the stuff that they did in this movie, I can't imagine that it was fun even filming it. No. Oh, no. No, like, not at all. Um, yeah. No. It's just bad. And well, I have... just, like, I, I think, like, as an actor, for him to, like, we said he did a really good job of making you hate him. Yeah. Just... Um, like put yourself in the position where like let's just assume in real life he's a good guy right and then having to act out some of the shit that he did in this movie it just makes your skin crawl one of the things i was reading is that uh, that? there were clinical psychologists that were on set to help the actors through some of the scenes that were hard yeah 100 understandable yeah because even I feel like even some of the some of the more graphic scenes, like the the facial expressions of the of down to that even yeah. was just well. I, I was just intense. gonna I was just gonna say we're talking about uh, Sam Claflin and and his ability to do what he did in the scenes, like acting uh, even more so. Uh, Aisling Franciosi. I don't know if that's do you say Aisling or Aisling or. How I don't do you know if it's name? Irish. Well, it's is she actually Irish? Oh, she yeah. Irish. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, then she it's actually I don't know. Then it's Irish. She had to learn Iceland's Gaelic. I know that. Iceland Franciosi. She had uh, to learn. She had to learn Gaelic the way that even even uh, the guy that played Billy had to learn the language. Like none of them spoke it. They had to learn yeah. it, and they come across though like they've been speaking it their entire lives. Well, and I'd be curious. Yeah. Incredible. To, uh, before I get back to my point, I'd be curious to know too, like if they if they actually learned the language or if they just learned it phonetically. Because a lot of people will do that, where they don't even actually know what they're saying on screen. They just, they know just how to learn say what the. They need to say. Yeah, they just yeah. know how to say the syllables. I know that they had like people though come and actually teach them the language. So I think they actually did. Learn I was it. I was gonna say I, I yeah. would lean more toward them actually, actually learning do. the language, yeah. considering the amount of emotion that you have to put into uh, what you're saying. I also with don't. This. Yeah. I don't think that you can put that much conviction in phonetics exactly. either. Exactly. Like that's just right. tough. Like you have to believe in what you're saying, and when and there are some scenes in this movie where they're speaking in their native tongues and it is like tear inducing because it's like it's yeah. just you can feel the emotion in in their breath like in their in their words like it's for them to not know what they're saying i feel would be would be impossible right you know yeah no i feel yeah. like they definitely had to um, um real quick though just to run <laughs> i feel like i feel like learning a language for a role phonetically is more of like a marlon brando sort of move yeah like i just, 100%. I, I don't yeah, care not for a movie like this. uh don't de estan mes pantalones <laughs> no <laughs> french <laughs> that was uh, spanish but mm-hmm. marlon brando would learn french to speak <laughs> spanish I don't know how that makes sense, uh, but I feel like it sure. does. Voulu, vous couchez avec moi. No, Marlon Brando would be the guy that would go to France to learn Spanish. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, though, to round out the thing, though, you have, uh, let's say, Sam Claffian, who played Hawkins, and then you had Damon uh, Harriman, who played Ruse, which is one of the... Uh, one of his like stooges, He's the basically. Sergeant, yeah. And then his. Who I would say it's notable to mention that he was just in uh, Oscar winning Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He, he played. Uh, Charles Manson. Chuck Manson. Yep. Yeah. Chucky D. Chuck Manson. There's no D. No, Chucky M. <laughs> there we go. Chucky M. Uh, and then you have uh, Harry Grenwood, who played uh, Jago. I got to inject a little humor in this movie somewhere, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Harry Greenwood played uh, Jago. Um, Which, for uh, for 
for as much as you kind of want to feel bad for this kid yeah. throughout the movie because he seems like uh he like he's watching what's going on and he doesn't want any part of it but the part he, he but the part playing the plays, worst part yeah. i was gonna say the part that made jen make the noise yeah. is yeah. him yep you let's, know okay so you, let's, it was so hard to feel bad like because you almost you want to feel bad for him because he he's in a position he didn't want to be in and he right. feels awful about it from the jump like he just doesn't and you want to feel bad for him at the same time you want to stab him in the throat. Yeah. I like there's no getting around it. For yeah. those for those of you listening to this that are rarely in the right mindset to watch a movie as heavy as this, you know, we'll go through it and we'll take you through it. So maybe I would rec- definitely recommend watching this movie. I think this movie yeah. is is I said before important. Yeah. I think that it's incredible. I think that this is one of one of the best movies that I've seen in the last decade. I'm, I'm not lying when I say that. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's yeah. incredible. Jennifer Kent is a, is a fucking tour de force mm-hmm. like in the director's chair. She is definitely somebody that will win an Oscar one day for yeah. directing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It should have been for this movie. Yep. If I'm being honest, it yeah. should have been for this movie. Most definitely. Um, but she she has a, a very bright future in uh, in filmmaking in general. Um so let's just start at the beginning, though, and we'll, we'll not, go through. Not this. to mention, she wrote this as well. Yeah, she yeah. did. So yeah, an incredible writer. Five, it took her almost five years to write yeah. it, which shows because there's not a stone unturned that mm. she didn't think yeah. about and do. Exactly. Um, so you have you have Claire and Aiden. Uh, Claire and Aiden were both um, basically owned by a, a British lieutenant prison, kind of, yeah. prison sort of thing. At, the, like, at this point, they so they had been they had been. Uh, Saved from from their prison sentences, but basically they're indentured servants now, right. and they have to As work say, it's a certain like amount. The state has has control of them. But one guy, though, who is the lieutenant, the guy plays Hawkins, Hawkins has lieutenant. control over them. And the idea is that once they put their time in, they get their papers, and then they're free. They right. serve their sentence, whatever. Well, I think Aiden, he only owns her. I think yeah, he yeah. only Aiden, owns her. Aiden yeah. was in the same position, but got his papers. Yes, Claire mm-hmm. is trying to get her papers. But Hawkins will not give them to her. Instead, he basically continuously rapes her and um, treats her like shit. Mm -hmm. And even though her time is up, won't give her her papers. But he buys her pretty things. Yeah. Um, Claire and Aiden Aiden are married and have a baby. And uh, they want to start their life. And Aiden Mm -hmm. is getting uh, persistently... Or consistently uh, upset that mm-hmm. that Hawkins will give her right. papers, so he takes it upon himself. Because he to doesn't know him. that he's raping his wife. Yeah, he like, has he no idea. She's she's happening. keeping that to herself because right. she doesn't want to ruffle feathers. She doesn't because want she to, knows whatever. he'll lose his shit and go after exactly. them. And and, and she like knows Hawkins won't guy. do anything either. Right. She sees it as a lost cause to sort of. Uh, well, Hawkins know, is the right. one doing it, so obviously he's not going to. Yeah. Do well, Claire, but, and Claire does. It's a lost cause to try to draw attention right, to it. Right. You know, she'd rather just like lay it low, and he'll eventually give it to her. She hopes. Right. Right. Um, so Aiden, though, um, he ends up confronting him, and this leads to a confrontation at their house, which is the scene that we keep talking about, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like we have to talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. We'll be brief only because I don't want to dwell on it because it sucks. Yeah. But there's... This is one of the worst scenes I think I've ever seen. I think seen I've ever seen it. No, it is. I've, no, it is. It, it is. The whole part of leading up to this scene, to the culmination of this of the scene, I 
I was literally, I was slowly curling almost into a ball on the couch. Like my legs came up and like I had my hoodie like halfway over my face because I couldn't stop crying while it was happening. James and I both too talked about this too. Like we we both watched this entire movie with like our jaws clenched and every nerve in our body just Mm -hmm. like tense. Even now talking about it, my fist keeps clenching. No, it's, it's, it's a tough watch. Um, Basically, what happens is uh, Hawkins and his men confront them in their house. Uh, they end up shooting Aiden. Well, Hawkins Hawkins uh, well, rapes Claire in front of Aiden. Right. In front of Aiden. And the baby's on the bed crying. And while, while Hawkins is raping Claire, they shoot Aiden. No, still not. Yeah. Yeah. Well. No, he shoots Aiden, so it's while, it's while the other guy is raping Claire. The the guy the guy or in between Aiden goes to try and shoot Hawkins, and then Hawkins takes the gun from shoots right. him, and you then I apologize and then uh, pardon me for not remembering the scene yeah sorry yeah. detail well it's it's it's, the, it's burned into my memory unfortunately yeah, I've been trying to forget it for the last two days and <laughs> and then he turns to uh, um, what was his name Ruse yeah and says you said you wanted to. Uh, a try slice or something like that and it's it's so weird too because Roos like after he after Hawkins shoots Aiden Roos seems genuinely like scared by what's going on yeah but then Hawkins tells him you said you wanted to go so go for it and then all of a sudden everything changes yeah. like all of a sudden he's all about that and it's like that's fucking so disgusting yeah. to watch yeah and, and then, the whole the whole point of of how this even comes about is because the most important thing in Hawkins' life is his career yeah. as a military man. Right. And when she, when Aiden confronts him drunk in the in the pub or whatever it is that's there, the main military guy, like the colonel or whatever like it is that's there, the general, yeah. he witnesses it and he realizes that that has now put a damper on his. Do you not remember that part? So essentially, oh, Haw- he looks confused. He's Sorry. essentially telling Hawkins, "I can't recommend you for this uh, this right. promotion because, because of how you're running things. You around can't here. even control your your own your men. convicts. Yeah. Like you, if then how can you be in control of of a group of men? And that's what prompts him to, in a fit of rage, go down to the house. Yeah, and do these unspeakable things. So he rapes her. He shoots her husband. And all the meanwhile, there's this other kid he's essentially a kid he's yeah. he's the youngest one in there that's witnessing all of this and he looks absolutely terrified <clears throat> and this baby is screaming at the top of her lungs and the girl keeps claire keeps screaming to let them take her baby and hawkins is basically like shut the baby up yeah they stop it from crying so and the kid picks the baby up and is trying he's to like trying to he's trying to actually nicely calm it down like please stop please stop crying please stop crying and he picks her he picks up the baby and then, like, in the heat of the moment, Hawkins finally yells at him one more time, and he dashes the baby against the, the, wall. the wall in the in the cabin. <laughs> and that was all, wi- all while Claire is still being raped. And yeah. screaming, and it's, the baby it's the screaming. Worst. God, this whole scene, dude, yeah, was... it's awful. Was... I don't know. Like... Mm-hmm. Like the it's the, it's the odd. three of us very rarely sit quietly for any uh, significant amount of yeah. time, but like even throughout mm-hmm. this entire movie, we took a break. Actually, we, we actually we paused a, the movie. We took, took a, break. a break after the like. I I actually said to you guys, I I was like, if we 
because uh, there's there's a lot of there's there's like film critics and stuff who watch these types of movies every single day for their job. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. The, I don't know. If they watch stuff like well, that. Well, maybe every not stuff day, like but... this. I said if we if we if we did movies like this all the time, I would have quit this podcast. Oh right yeah, it was so. Our it, show is is generally speaking, it's fun movies that yeah. we can have a laugh at and drink some beers and whatever. This was um, emotionally taxing. This is not one like of the. So, this is not a so normal movie for us. No, I you know, knew. But it's, somehow some way that baby was not going to make it and that's why like the whole scene i just kept tensing up further and further and further and i just listening to the baby scream while the mom screamed for the baby as she was being raped i was bawling my eyes out like i was crying and i was trying to like hold it in and then when the when the baby finally was killed i that's when the sob of sorts came out and like i couldn't i couldn't hold it in anymore and it was horrific yeah um to, to me, like the there's the the two most despicable things that a human can do in this world are rape and hurting a child. Right, and yeah. this movie had a lot of both. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just, it was uh, I don't know, man. It's like, awful. It was, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, I yeah, we don't need to necessarily keep harping on this one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's a tough watch. Um, I think mostly I wanted to prepare people going into it like if you're the yeah. kind of person that kind of wants to know what you're getting into that's kind of what we're here for right now um but the rest of the movie though she uh claire wakes up she doesn't actually die because she gets shot does she get shot no she gets uh no, no, she, she gets, gets a butt uh, and yeah. they, they, they kind of like uh rifle whipper i guess they hit her with the butt end of a, of a gun though and leave her for dead but she doesn't actually die right. right so the the movie starts basically the whole like narrative starts where she wants her revenge mm-hmm. and she hires this aboriginal guy named billy to be her guide to track um the lieutenant and his guys to this other uh city basically that they're going to he's, other town. He's going up to try and become like to get a promotion up there. So. Yeah. But they're trekking through the wilderness and she needs a guide to get there. Uh and they're in Tasmania, so it's like it's wilderness crazy. You'll die if you go a bit by yourself. Um and a lot of the movie is I like it's it's it becomes less about her quest for, for revenge than it does uh sort of the the relationship between her and Billy, yeah, and well, sort of the, the hundred, yeah, you know what I mean, like the uh, like it almost becomes more about his revenge than hers. It's weird, um, like her revenge almost tapers off a little bit, and then and then when you meet him, his starts like slow, but then moves up, sort of like yeah, he kind of takes her place a little. Yeah, bit. they do have kind of a, they, a crisscross. Yeah, um, make you wanna. But it's never, it's never like she wants to, it's never like she, yeah, it is weird. Yeah, she it's, loses it's, it's her nerve bizarre. a little bit with the lieutenant. Yeah, it's not so much she, that she doesn't want her revenge, yeah. well, it's she does, she kind of, revenge. she gets scared, she gets scared because she, she knows, fucks that other guy though. up. I mean, it's, oh yeah. And then when she gets her opportunity with the lieutenant, she can't go through with it. She looks in the eye and just like, kind of freezes because he's, he's dominated her for so long she yeah she can't get it together to to finally stand up to him and and murder his ass whereas but, well it's all and it's billy all, takes it on whereas billy though whereas billy though where he starts 
when when you first find Billy, he's kind of in his camp or whatever, and he's fine. He doesn't really even want to be hired for this job. And as they go on, he keeps seeing things that are more horrific as they go. So his tension builds, Mm -hmm. whereas she starts hot and kind of tapers off a little bit. Like the whole idea of revenge is really taxing on her, and it wears her out sort of. In, in a certain kind of a way. Whereas you know? he starts off with every time he sees something bad happen, he says, I don't want no trouble. It's building and building and, and then, building for him, though. And then by That's the end. That's where the crisscross kind of happens in yeah, the dynamic. Exactly. And the whole time, though, what I love about this, and Jennifer Kent has talked <clears> in some <throat> interviews about how she wanted to make sure that she, like, everybody was perceived in the way that they would have been at the time. Mm-hmm. And you would think most most narrative movies like this would be like, oh well, the English are bad. You would have you would have Claire's character who would be sympathetic to everybody because she's a victim, right? She's not though. She's just sort of as racist as everybody else is because that was kind of the time. Like you looked out for your own, and that was it. Yes, she hated the English, but she also hated everybody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when she first met Billy, he was just the the local black as they call them like you know the aboriginal like she right. was she was just as racist herself towards billy as the english were towards her the irish right like you know? the, the idea yeah. that everybody has about the aboriginals are well if you turn your back on them they'll kill you and eat you yeah and it's where, weird to say where there's no there's no evidence that they're you know like that they would that they would do that they that. would like do that yeah, yeah. It, and it's, um, it's weird to it's weird to say that like the that that somebody being racist is sort of like a a plus for the story, but in terms of it being like trying to portray <clears throat> the world as it was then, it is a plus because she's very authentic. Yeah, it's extremely mm-hmm. authentic. Yeah, it's it's terrible in in that it is what it is. But the, it's fact, the fact that it's yeah it's it's authentic makes mm-hmm. it yeah very uh, and. There, there is this weird story that goes on. I'm, I'm so happy that she didn't make this to be some weird love story between the two of them because that would have just not fit and it would have right. been odd. But there was a closeness story between them to where she trusted him and she grew close to him in a way that she felt safe. Yeah. Um. The, there was the, a. There was a. There was a. Sorry to interrupt you. But no, it's the, fine. the scene. The scene toward the end because gradually throughout the entire movie, like you know. They're they're hiking across the landscape together, and uh, their sleeping arrangements are a very yeah they're they're always yeah, they're always sleeping thing. on either side of the fire, and she's gradually throughout the movie kind of looking over to where he's sleeping to see if he's still there to kind of provide uh, protection or yep. provide you know. Um, but it sort of becomes more like I'm not looking at you just for protection. I'm looking at you for my own like. This person calms you a sense down. of security. Yeah, security, not, and not security as in like, oh, I need this man to protect me. It's more like I, this is my counterpart. Yeah, you right. know, in this whole thing, like this, this because she's very much going through the grieving process, right? Very deeply throughout the whole thing. Yeah, as well, and, and it's also and they connect on that too because yeah. he talks about how his his entire family was killed, and then it's it's that scene that you were talking about where she says i am ireland and he finally realizes oh you're not england you're ireland yeah and then they kind of and then after that point they really start to come together and there's that one scene where they finally are uh 
um, like a bunch of stuff transpires, but then they're finally laying together, like uh, on the forest floor, and she reaches up and takes his hand, and they mm-hmm. just look but at each other. It's not like a weird sexual thing. No. It's a closeness thing. It's a. It's a. It's well, a... I mean, grabbing somebody's hand no. isn't necessarily sexual. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but it's not like she was doing it. It could very like, easily yeah. have been portrayed as that, right. though. No, this it was, was not that a... at all. This was a security thing. This was I trust you kind it's of a thing. camaraderie yeah. type. Yeah, it was like it's like I know it's like I I. She's grabbing his hand in a way where it's like, I trust you. I, right. I, you know, yeah. and that was, it was important. And because we talked earlier about how they had this kind of like crossing parallels, mm-hmm. not parallels, crossing kind of uh, yeah. storylines. And that's very much part of it. As she's getting more taxed and taxed on this revenge mission, she's looking to him for support, you know, and it kind of, it goes hand in hand, no pun intended, but like it, it does. Yeah. Um, I, another part of the film that I thought was extremely <clears throat> effective was its use of music, and by that I mean there was none. This yeah. was a very dry movie. There was no soundtrack for the most part. There was no uh, score to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually no real sound effects either. The fight scenes, like when somebody hits somebody, instead of it being like, Pew! you know what I'm saying, like a, <laughs> yeah. like a really <laughs> fake sounding <laughs> punch sound, it was more just like a, like a, yeah, the way it Very, sounds when you actually punch exactly, somebody in the face, yeah. and it made the fight scenes and 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 not not even fight scenes, but like the rape scenes. I hate to say too, but like everything sounded real. The whole and movie it was steeped in realism, way more unsettling. Yeah, it was, like it was even extremely even, unsettling, even yeah. if it was to the uh, like not the, the detriment of the movie, but the kind of the detriment of the audience. Yeah, you know, because now you're experiencing this thing that just Can feels. You? Can you so imagine having to be traumatic? Like what? Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, no. I, go, I, ahead, I go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, can you imagine being though the the sound designer for this movie though, and having to sound design that scene? Mm-mm. Oh Jesus, no! Like no, how no how much part of making how this much movie seems like therapy did you need to go through? Because I would shit yeah. be, being in a room for for a couple of weeks working on a scene where a baby dies and you have to sound design the thud of... Mm. I'm just th- no, think about yeah. it. No, no, like, no, that's, no, no. That's a... People don't... I think a lot of people don't think about that part of the process. Yeah. Right. But that's a real thing. Like, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. That'll bring anybody down. I don't right. care if you're somebody who has kids, doesn't have kids, never wanted kids. That's... It's still a horrible well, thing is, to have well, to and, yeah. like, and, and then the special effects team who had to create the the body of the poor thing, you know? Yeah, because like that. that was scene carrying when the baby. She, yeah. That scene when she wakes up. And the baby. And you late. think it's over, right? Right. Like you, like you've seen the worst of it, but then she looks around the room and you just you just see a dead baby. Baby's just laying corner. on the floor. Which she Fuck. picks up and carries into, into yeah. their town to the like head guy that runs the estate i guess oh, and man. she's telling him what happened and he's like yeah well that's your word against and, his and, and who's just, gonna believe you and i'm like you acting, son of a bitch he's just yeah. acting like she's some hysterical woman right when yeah. she's holding a dead baby right and it, he's and like how he's, do i know you didn't do that he's got I his little glasses on the end of the on, a, yeah. on the end of his nose and you're yeah. just like i just i want to take those glasses mm-hmm. off you and feed them to you no you i will I, w- yeah. I will punch them through his head right <laughs> And <laughs> you've also got the other side of the story too, where you're as much as you're following Claire and Billy, they're also flipping over to follow the lieutenant and his yeah. men as yeah. they're traveling the same course, trying to get to town. 
And they continue to do these unspeakable, horrific things yeah, to anyone monsters. that crosses their path. Yeah. And the worst part is, is there's a small child with them. Like, not small child. He's probably, what, eight, ten, nine, nine ten, years old? Like, yeah. he's not that old. And he's, and he's trying to, like, of... groom him to become but him. His character, himself. though, it's but his disgusting. character, though, you can tell that he had reservations about what was happening, yet he had nothing else to fall back on so right. it's like it was almost like he felt pressured to follow it even though right. he didn't want to, to follow yeah, through it's yeah. weird um i don't want to go more yeah there's not there, I mean, like i i yeah I, for for <laughs> as for for as awful as some of the imagery in this movie is yeah. i will say that i feel like if you're a fan of storytelling mm-hmm. and you're a fan of good cinema and you're a fan of just really really well told stories amazing cinematography too cinematography it was so like beautifully shot you mm-hmm. should see this movie you yeah. should it's tough to watch it, it's a hard watch it's uh you're not going to have necessarily fun with it but no. i but i do feel like it's required viewing for anybody that appreciates good storytelling and right. good right. Right, you good, know that good, every, good <laughs> everything, good everything, like, uh, good amazing performance. There's, and, there's and, and, terrible and, yeah, things that happen, but the overall the film was so. But good. you need that badness. That that bad needs to happen though yeah. to propel the rest of the story. Yeah. Like it's one of those weird to things. to get that the badass yeah. ending when she finally sees him again and gets the gets the confidence to go in there and basically destroy his life is, without actually killing our intro. him. Is, our yeah. intro was, is well, where the, that came the from. The thing, yeah. too, is uh, I think that we were kind of all expecting one thing out of this movie, too, yeah. and mm-hmm. got something different. Like, when she finally catches up to the, the one guy and dispatches him mm-hmm. uh, in a brutal fashion, yeah. you're like, okay, that's where we're headed with this movie. Right, like that's going to be And then it takes tone. you in a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Like, she kind of loses her nerve, you know? Yeah, yep. a little bit. And you're not expecting it. And it's like, I like it kind of it kind of makes you question who like who you are when you're thinking uh inter you know because like they say two wrongs don't make it right you know right so like this whole time you're like yes no I that, want- makes, that makes a wrong wrong <laughs> no wrong wrong <laughs> you're like you're like you're like yes I want blood like mm-hmm. go go murder all of them but then you kind of go on the same journey that she does where she yeah. she suddenly realizes it's like exhausting maybe Revenge maybe it's exhausting not, you, yeah. well it's it's all like you said it's all very authentic it's all very realistic like she's not a murderer yeah she's not uh she's not a she's not a trained killer she's not a psychopath so for her killing is not something that comes naturally so like when she loses it that one time and kills the guy, you can see how much it takes out of her right. in that moment. And like and sorry, I my it's screen that went black. Pent up rage all came out all in that one kill. And, and it's then like she, she got spent right yeah, there. Yeah, she can't she can't continue it when she gets to the next guy and, and she just can't make it happen. And then she finds another way. Yeah. Like she destroys his life without killing yeah, him. Right. Takes um, away what he holds most dear, as he did to her. I think last thing, last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, just as far as the Jennifer Kent, like kind of putting her own. I mean, obviously this entire movie was all her, so it's 
um it's got her signature all over it but like there's one particular scene that wrapped back around to the babadook for me and it was there was a scene where um claire falls asleep Mm, yeah and she's in a dream sequence and her husband walks out of the woods and he's holding the baby and they're both like they both look healthy they both look fine Mm -hmm. and he just he says uh, he says something like um I don't want you to worry about us anymore. We're we're fine. Or we're all we're, okay. We're all okay. Ooh, I just got chills. <laughs> he says we're all okay, and he's holding the baby. And then there's a shot of her, and this was 100% Babadook, like the way it was lit. You see her. It's almost like the woods behind her are are lit with like a bit of fog, and you can see all of her face, like really well lit. But then all of a sudden, it goes back to the husband. And he's holding now like the lifeless body of the baby. Right. And then the light, the lighting change on her face in that moment, you can actually see it happen. Like it doesn't cut like once to her and then back. And then once in the lighting is different, like you actually see the lighting change and it goes from being her whole face lit up to just lit like from above and slightly behind so that all the shadows from underneath her face are so heavy that you can only really see like her brow Mm -hmm. and kind of you can essentially just see like because your brow is very um uh emotive you know yeah so you can almost just see like in that moment all you can see on her face is the anguish and it was so awesome like that that scene in the entire movie was my my favorite scene i think yeah i think um i think that if i had to be critical about this movie at all i it probably could have stood to have about 20 minutes cut off i feel like the last act was a little bit more drawn out than it needed to be um there's there's a part where they 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 get into town and then they go right back to the woods yeah and it kind of starts over again i kind of felt like that was a little bit dragged out didn't need to be that long right like this movie was already two hours and I think fifteen minutes Charles. long. Yeah. This could have been a two-hour-long movie, and just that fifteen extra minutes of story that didn't necessarily add a whole lot to it. You know, they could have gotten to the end a little bit quicker. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, though, that's really my only complaint about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's hard to say that it was a fantastic movie because you think of that in such a different way because <laughs> right. the the storyline itself was challenging, but. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way, I guess. Yeah. It also reminded me a lot of a movie called Apocalypto. I think I mentioned this to you when we mm. were watching it. It's a Mel Gibson movie of all of all fucking yeah. people. But uh it's it, you know, it's a very similar story though about uh a, a Aboriginal not Aboriginal, but uh, uh a, a, in- Inca? Inca I think he's Inca. He's either Inca or Maya or something like that, and it's it takes place in Mexico and there's a whole just watch it. It reminds me a lot of it. It's Apocalypse Dots. Cool. Movie. Glad you brought yeah. that up. <laughs> good, yeah, good point. All right, let's move on to a movie that's a lot more fun. Can we? Yeah. No, fun, no, no. Fun-ish. It's fun. Jason. It's fun because she kills a whole bunch of motherfuckers in brutal fashion yes, and you root for the blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, there was an excessive uh, amount of it. Yeah. <laughs> I told you guys that because I watched I watched Revenge, uh, which is the movie that we're about to talk about. I watched Revenge before you two did. Yeah. Yep. And then we all watched uh, The Nightingale together. And I was like, uh, like when I was watching Revenge... Obviously, there's uh, there's the 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 scene that kind of leads up to everything, 
where uh, spoilers again, there is a rape scene that happens. Right. It's still extremely tough to watch. Yes. Like watching it's a nowhere. It's nowhere a, near well, as as a lot of it happens. It's alarming. It's still terrible. It's still terrible. No, it's still fuck. It's still terrible. Yeah. Like if you hadn't watched the Nightingale and you just watched Revenge, it would have been a tough scene to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not saying that it's not still a tough scene to watch, but like there, there's such a huge contrast between these mm-hmm. two movies, where well, a good amount of that and revenge that happens part off of the mo- that too. part that's, of the movie that's exactly what I'm saying. Revenge leaves more to your imagination. Like yeah. they start it and then it stops. Right. Whereas whereas the Nightingale shows everything. Right. That's the difference. That that's like the it difference. keeps you in the yeah. moment. It's like makes in revenge you, you know it. what's happening, but they don't actually show it. Right. Um so basically with revenge what you have is uh uh the the movie starts off with two people being mm-hmm. dropped off at a a remote location, this beautiful house in the middle of nowhere. It well, in really the middle, is an awesome the mi- house. The middle really of the is, desert. Yeah. Oh man, it's so cool. Right. I wish I had a I wish I had a house where you could basically just open all the walls to the outside. MTV yeah. Cribs, Mark Hoppus. I remember watching Mark Hoppus's MTV Cribs. You know that most of the and houses his house weren't was... their real houses, right? What's that? Most really? of those houses weren't their real houses. Even the celebrities, they had them in like multi-million dollar homes that none of them owned. What? I'm, Why I'm are you ruining, ruining I'm my ruining life you all right? the time? <laughs> It's true. You know what? That it's actually true, that though. actually makes me respect Method Man and Red Man even more <laughs> because they did an MTV Cribs and it was seriously like a it was like a uh, what do you call those things? Uh, the the weird ho- like uh, PJ and Nicole's house. A tri level. The tri. It was yeah. It was it was like a tri level. Just like I mean, some <laughs> some rinky dink tri level. Say with that like wasn't a, real either though. Huh? Who's to say that wasn't real either? No, I'm saying that's probably where they actually lived and i respect them for doing that um anyway so you have uh you have richard Mm -hmm. richard Mm -hmm. and and jen being uh you it's you it's you you, jen (laughs) no (laughs) being uh they get dropped off by helicopter at this beautiful house in the middle of fucking nowhere jen played by matilda anna ingrid lutz yes Fun name to say. <laughs> yes, she, she is. Um, she is, for all intents and purposes, <clears throat> a hideous person. <laughs> Fine. I miss. I, I, I miss when you when you harmonize with me. Oh, you want to do it again? Kinda. Ready? She was. Um, <clears throat> Fine. The problem is we don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually uh, harmonize with each Listen, other. Listen, she's <laughs> hot balls, all right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so they they get they get dropped off, and obviously they're good to go. You yeah. know, like oh, yeah. they're they're ready. He's talking about her little peachy ass and blah blah mm. blah. And uh, and that was just that whole mini conversation was just awkward. Where's my pe- where's my little peachy ass? Right. It was <laughs> it was weird. I was like, please stop calling it that. Turns out uh Richard's kind of a sleaze ball because yep. he's got a wife mm-hmm. who I don't know and what they don't call kids. him dick for nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and you know Jen Jen's not entirely innocent because she knows that that Richard better. has a wife so she's a knowing calling mistress. Him Richard. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> he's, Richard. He's uh he's come he's, on he's French it's more sexy yeah, that yeah. way. Um, I would say Rashad. 
if anything. Listen, he's not bad to look at either. No, he's very handsome. But the fact he, that he's a total fucking tool kind of takes you out He of looks it. like he, Ty, what's his name, from Extreme Home Makeover. No, oh. you're... What? No. He absolutely you're, did. Like a nope. jacked version of... What's his name? Ty, uh... I don't know what his last name no, is. No, you're, you're, you're so you're so off not, base. Okay, Let me tell I, you I, who he I, actually I, looks like. <laughs> okay, who James? So Aaron Eckhart and Thomas Jane have a beautiful blonde baby French boy, and they na- <laughs> and they name it and they name it Richard, and that's this man. There you uh, go. He's okay. he's okay. he's extremely handsome, uh, <laughs> and fair. extremely French. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So um, they're they're having a they're having a good time, you know, mm-hmm. just sort of doing their thing. It becomes clear that Richard is a married man pretty early on, and then uh, the next day she's up, you know, naturally just walking around the place in her underwear, and then she turns well, around and well, there's... she's in the middle of nowhere. She well, of course, expect of course, anybody's gonna be there. She she turns around. There's two creepers right outside mm-hmm. the window. Holding guns. Holding guns. She doesn't know who they are. So, but it turns she's out she's very calm about it. Well, to be she, honest, I'm, she must have known that Richard's friends were showing up, right? Like well, she, she knew when she he was, was there for. She, she was supposed to, to leave. Be, she was supposed to be gone, but she knew that yes. Richard had friends coming because right. turns out this is a essentially. <laughs> Like what guys in Michigan call deer camp, where yep. they go to some rinky-dink uh, cabin in the middle of the woods to shoot deer. Mm-hmm. In Michigan here, this is Richard's version of deer camp. Yes. You go to a beautiful multi-million-dollar home in the middle of the fucking that desert that you're flown into by your own personal helicopter, and you shoot kangaroos and stuff. Right. Um, oh, <laughs> what are you? What are you doing? Okay. No, Ty Pennington. No, dude. Oh, Ty Pennington. No, not even. No. And that's him. No. Fuck no. you. No. Uh-uh. Yes, he does. Nope. Nope. You no, guys dude. are insane. You're wrong. You're insane. Nope. That's Aaron Eckert mixed with <sighs> mixed with Thomas Jane. I give up. No, I give up. You're wrong. You're crazy, dude. I give up. Um, I mean, she screams when she originally sees him, but then. But then just the kind of stands there. From the minute they show up <laughs> until after the horrific rape scene is the most awkward feeling part of like it was uncomfortable to watch them be in the same like space like it was just so weird because he's such a creep what was the one guy's name uh the bigger guy was that Dimitri or Stan? Dimitri, Dimitri was the bigger yeah. guy yeah. Stan was the fucking asshole right he's the yeah. dude in the car the yeah yeah um well, Dimitri's an asshole too, obviously, because right. he let happen. What he turns happened. on fucking NASCAR and goes to the pool. Yeah. Well, it was Formula One, to oh, be fair. <laughs> that scene where he's eating. Oh, oh, dude. So gross. Everything you need to know about those characters can be summed up in him chomping on like a fucking yeah. mm-hmm. it was like a candy, candy bar. bar. Yeah. It was the most disgust. That. Okay. <laughs> I never want. I never want to eat I marshmallow had, covered right. in chocolate again. I had the most like visceral reaction to him eating it was disgusting yeah, it was like, gross. i i couldn't look at the screen just seeing all of that like just <laughs> just grossness really and, oh, i couldn't do it <laughs> so gross like i said everything you need to know about those guys is is in that scene right there like how disgusting yeah. they are is in that chewing scene <laughs> it sounds weird to say but well, it's and, there and i understand the the like the camera angles that they had anytime it was on Jen, like it was very focused on 
her ass and her like her shape and all these other things but in that the scene where they pop up in the window there is so much focus of the camera on her like the front part like it's straight up on her vagina I well, don't understand. It was so much focus on it for the I longest time. I actually took notice to that, not in the way that you probably think that I did, but <laughs> no, um, the, the the fact that, so here's the deal. Once she's kind of, uh, we'll, we'll, obviously we'll get to this, but when she is kind of in the thick of things and she's in the wilderness and mm-hmm. she's hunting, if you will, um, she's literally in bra and panties the entire second half yeah. of the movie. And it's very reminiscent of a lot of the rape revenge movies from the seventies, especially it brings to mind the cover of I spit on your grave Mm -hmm. where she's like, it's very, it's, it's, it's so weird because like the, the, the whole like women empowerment part of those movies is also very sexualized in a way, uh, in a way that I feel is almost kind of supposed to confuse you a little bit. Um, in the sense where it's like, you're looking at this. So it's typically portrayed as a sexual thing, but it's not. This is like a super badass, like, women empowerment thing. You yeah, know? They, I, I watched... And uh, one of the things about the 70s and those kind of movies, though, is they kind of blended the lines of that, where mm-hmm. they, they kind of put the two together. Like, you can be sexy and super powerful all at the same time. I felt like that's what they were getting at in this movie, because it was I very a, similar. I watched a couple um, interviews with uh, Cor- Coralie, Coralie Farge, huh? the director, and uh, Matilda Lutz. And the way she kind of explained it, so I feel I feel like if anybody, if any, especially if a guy were to say this particular thing about about her character in this movie, it would be they'd probably be attacked for it. But sure. this is coming from the mouth of the director. The way that Matilda Lutz's character Jen was acting in the beginning of this movie almost kind of invited that toxic. Uh, attention from the men yeah which sounds like sounds like what people would call victim blaming nowadays you know right but this is coming from the director she almost she was wearing a short skirt she almost kind of (laughs) wanted to set it up that way to show like how um how the it wasn't supposed to be focused so much on what what she, what kind of attention she was bringing from the men as it was supposed to be the dichotomy between what her character was in the beginning of the movie compared to what her character was at the end and you could say that her character was hypersexual like if you were just looking at it from an out- outside perspective you could uh-huh. say that her character was hypersexualized throughout the rest of the movie because she's running around the desert in a bra and panties the entire time but it was more so about how you can see the same person in their same skin, but they're filling that skin in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It, it you, you know what I mean? Like she, in the in the beginning of the movie, like almost all that she was about was her sexuality. Right. It was. Whereas by the end attention. of the movie, she's still they 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 make it a point to show you every inch of her body. Sure. But, but she's inhabiting her body in a different way. I think yep. to the in the beginning part of the movie, all of the camera angles to me seemed very much how you would think your stereotypical man would be watching her and viewing her. I, like the I different agree. things that were focused on mm-hmm. in in the entire first part pre. Well, even 
even is her how, like where the like well, a, a lot man's of, eyes yeah a lot of, a lot of close-ups on the lips right the boobs the ass right and not not a lot of, and yeah basically like her swinging her hips as she's walking around right yeah the, it's like visually kind of, even it was, the nude you were even putting the, yourself in that the position. nude scene with her i think was intentional because it's make it's you're, because they're trying to portray her as a certain thing like even her character in the beginning of it though she's she's a woman that is fraternizing with a married man like mm-hmm. there's a certain mm-hmm. stigma that goes along with that yeah. too like she was very much supposed to be portrayed as one person and then when uh she is taken advantage of and she gets raped and all this and the three guys look at her as a liability they just decide to kill her right you know like like let's, let's get rid of this problem she can cause a whole bunch of shit or for us richard does alone richard by... does alone yeah. Yeah. yeah and then he 300 300s her off of the uh, side of a cliff <laughs> and, you know like this is male i don't know something like <laughs> he doesn't kick her he, he, pushes, he pushes her. Pushes her. It, it's a very Sparta move off the fucking cliff, <laughs> yeah. though. Point is, and she lands on a tree that impales her through her side, I guess. Mm-hmm. That I, guess I didn't see coming. No. By the way. Yeah, right. No, she's, not at all. she's falling, and you're like, oh shit, how's she going to survive this? And then she gets impaled on a tree. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and she's like, not. Okay. Oh, so the movie's done? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, they just got away with it? <laughs> I was really confused that, how we were coming back from that. That like, whole thing, it. though, of her being impaled on a tree, uh, drew a lot of stuff for me first off i loved the fact that she was there i loved is a weird way of saying it i loved the imagery of the fact that she was there for a long period of time and there's like ants crawling the ants Mm -hmm. were gross it was like it was like oh god like that's wounds and stuff like that it did you're right it started with the apple with the guy creepily keeping the apple that she had bit into yeah but then she kind of like comes back to oh was it not just sitting on a table it, well, it was, but he's the one who put it there, and nobody ever. I mean, yeah. Not that it was a lot of time, but they would keep they would but... keep going back to it, almost right. like you, they were showing. They Her were lifespan. Yeah, they were showing the yeah. progression of time yep. between the apple, this sweet little piece of fruit, mm-hmm. compared and her to open wound. Yeah, where a tree branch went right. through her. Yeah. So, so she's lying on this tree though, and she comes back to life. She's not dead. She she comes back to consciousness, and. As badass as this scene is, I feel that like there's a flaw in her logic about lighting the tree on fire to get loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know. The same way, yeah. I know that they show her back is all charred up from the fire. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is no way that 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 tree would have burned enough to where she could have broken off before she was burned alive. <laughs> um, there is a flaw the, in the logic. It's just the there. small branch that she's impaled on. <laughs> That, that she's being burning, said, not the whole tree. That being but, yeah. said, she snaps off of it, and then it shows the tree still very much a solid piece on mm-hmm. fire. <laughs> like there's a flaw in that logic that there. Well, she just she snapped the one branch. Um, it wouldn't. The, I think that her setting the fire though would not have made it brittle enough to her to do that before she probably would have been burned up. <laughs> is all I'm saying. I think that I uh, there's a huge shift in the tone of this movie from that point on, mm-hmm. and I think. I think the suspension of disbelief is the most important part sure. of this movie sure. after yeah. that point. Well, yeah. Because so much about this movie doesn't really make realistic Mm-mm. sense. Like like how burning a, a beer can into your skin, that's not exactly how ink transference works. Just putting that out there, too. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't ink. It was more like a brand. Doesn't. 
but there was nothing to brand on it her. Wasn't, well, it wasn't. was a flat piece of <laughs> right. tin that's well, not going to brand a logo onto your right. skin. Well, let's let's not get fixed on the logo transferring. Let's get fixed on the the point that when you have massive internal yeah. bodi- bodily injuries, <laughs> cauterizing a wound on the yeah. surface doesn't, is doesn't not going to stop you from dying. She had a gaping hole in her body, and apparently cauterizing a wound fixed her this, internals. She fixed her right up. She was and, all good. And that's why I say this movie, this movie, especially like, I, I feel like you, I feel like especially if you listen to the soundtrack in this movie, you're supposed, you can pretty easily pick up on the tone that yeah. you're supposed to be seeing this thing with. And it's, yeah, it had a super 80s, like synth driven. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, amazing soundtrack, well, the director, by the way. The, the director said that she had drew like influence from like Carpenter John and Carpenter. all, those, all yeah. those kind of people. Yeah. Um. So I think that, I think that it was definitely uh, like, if you think back to, uh, I can't even think of any like really specific, but kind of kind of like um, I can't think of any good <laughs> good examples. But it's 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 what the hell is that one movie? <laughs> I don't I know. I, I, well, one of the things. Well, no, it, while you're thinking while no, you're thinking about that, while you're thinking about that, um, she once she gets off the tree, she runs into like the desert and tries to hide, right? And she ends up doing peyote. And apparently, peyote turns peyote. you turns you into a superhero mm-hmm. wait, because wait, wait. She, what? It sounds weird when you say peyote. 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 Yeah. You said peyote. <laughs> peyote. Peyote. What's the difference? Um, apparently, it turns into a superhero because she's able to pull this giant piece of wood, cut her skin open with a knife, pull this wood through it without feeling it whatsoever, right? And then she wakes up in the morning. She brands herself with the tin can, which where she gets the. Uh, the Phoenix, the Phoenix. The, and, and this whole story is a story of the Phoenix rising from the ashes, whole changing of personality. Even starting it's, with it's, the burning tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all very. Her on the tree is very similar to the the crucifixion mm-hmm. of of dying and being born again. Yeah. Like, it's all very very uh, uh, symbolic of of that. That being said, what's the symbology? <laughs> the well, symbology. they do make it a point too that he tells a story about a guy that cut off his own leg. Yeah. Well, he was on peyote and didn't know what happened and died because right. he had no blood left. Yeah. So that's where they, that was in there on purpose to make you believe Wait, that sorry. she could do this. Didn't die because he, or he died because he didn't have any blood left. Is that what you said? He had completely drained himself of blood because okay. he didn't, he didn't cauterize his wound. Well, here's like the thing though, did. but here's the thing though. There are people that, that have a theory about this movie that everything that happens after her taking the peyote is a hallucination is a hallucination because she dies in that cave that and everything that happens afterwards is just like a drug trip that's kind of where i thought thought it honestly did cross my mind because she has those first of all i love the peyote tripping scene oh yeah Mm -hmm. it was so effective i was i was uh watching this movie with these cans on and when the the like first of all when the like the symphony starts mm. and she covers her ears because all of a sudden in this cave there's this loud symphony playing it's like so messed up mm-hmm. and then all the the laughing coming from all the different directions the way it's panned in the in the uh, headphones really disorients you yeah and you kind of feel what she's feeling in that moment it's really cool and then when she wakes up and she goes through that same dream sequence like three different mm-hmm. times. Each time getting her head blown off, mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, it's that's crazy!" Because you don't know what's real. That yeah, yeah. Like you think she keeps waking up, but then she doesn't. Right, and it happens so many times. Right, yeah. And it's such a 
brutal kill. Oh, the 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 gore in this movie, and especially yeah. the the practical effects and stuff. So yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. There the was... gore was great. The gore was great. The practical effects are great. Um, his, I think the 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 part of the movie that made me wince more more than anything else in the movie. It was the foot. The foot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so Dude. bad. It looked so real. Oh my like, god. It like even the in if you looked at the inside of the mm-hmm. cut on his so the, so there's a character that's running or whatever he he steps on a piece of glass and his whole foot gets ripped open <sighs> and it's him trying to pull the glass yep. out of his foot. It is the most cringeworthy thing mm-hmm. in the entire movie. And this movie has a lot of cringeworthy <laughs> things. Yeah. The, but like oh my god, the way that scene played out too because now he's got this huge gash in the bottom of his foot and he knows he's got a piece of glass way down deep in there and. It was also kind of realistic because the first time he goes to pull the wound apart, his thumb slips Mm -hmm. and like slaps the side of the wound. (laughs) I was like, that's such a small detail, but so realistic because your fingers would slip on the blood. And then like every time he tries to go in there, he starts screaming and stuff. And then there's finally like I hated this guy. He was a piece of shit. But in that moment, you're like, I want to see him get that piece of glass right. out of his foot. Yeah. So when he finally bears down and stops screaming, and he, he there's like that 30 seconds where he's completely silent as he's digging around his foot, you're like, uh, you, so, you uh, like, gross. I just like, I want to see that piece of glass come out. And you're waiting for him to almost pass out yeah. while yeah. he's doing it. Because his face is beat red. <laughs> well, like, and he's also you, been dude. shot. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. also bleeding profusely. Yeah, you, you deserve from a motherfucker. Oh, for um, sure. I think there's one other thing that I have to draw attention to, and for as much gore as there was in this movie, for as much like just exploitation in general, I have to give uh, this movie credit for showing so much dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the last movie that I saw this much male nudity in. No. There wasn't that much dick. The entire mm, last yeah. act the was a naked dude part. running around. I, I mean, loved the only, fact that it was the times, dude though. that was naked yes. in the no, entire last part of the movie. I agree 100%. It's always the chick. Mm-hmm. There's always I, titties flopping everywhere, but you I, never see a dude running around completely I, naked. I appreciated it full full boat. And like honestly, you saw his dick in the beginning of the movie too yeah. as he's walking into like the I scene. I actually... <laughs> And no, seriously, like I actually love this about this movie. Like I, there's a weird thing about it where the man, it's like, it's like the dude was the most vulnerable person in the room. Not only because he's being stalked by this badass woman with a gun, Mm -hmm. but he is stark naked. But and his it's funny though, tiny floppy dick is just everywhere. It's funny though because there's a huge contrast because in the beginning, after they get done having sex. And he walks out into the the house naked. He's oh, he's strutting he's like, stuff. He's and like, yeah, I, yeah, I am man. You right. know, like he's mm-hmm. he's uh, here's my dick. Right. <laughs> but yeah. then, at, like you just said, at the end of the movie, he is one hundred percent vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. He's and, he's and, some woman is or this this woman is stalking him, and he's naked, and there's nothing he can do. And 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 Coralie Farge, like her, she's that was perfectly. 
executed mm-hmm. in the way that she shot yep. the movie. Yeah. Because he is vulnerable. He is he has nothing to hide underneath. Like he's literally flopping in the wind. And <laughs> they don't I love the fact that they're not afraid to show it. Like yeah. they yeah. they don't cut away from it. Like it's just there. Right. And and just, I I fucking it was, loved it. Well, the first time I really did. after in the in the beginning when you first see it, I was watching it on my phone and I actually was like had to rewind it. I was like, did I just see what I thought that was? Yep, it sure was. That uh-huh. was Apprentice. I was like, that was totally just his dick flopping around. All right, sweet. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and then that- yeah, at the end of the movie, I was watching. And I was like, hell yes! Like at no point does he end up grabbing some pants Mm-mm. or any sort of this, thing to cover up at all. This he movie easily naked. has the longest continuous shot of male nudity in, in cinema. Anything I, I don't mean seen. like straight up like like dick on screen, but like there's a continuous... The last 15 minutes of the movie is just a close-up no. of his cock. <laughs> no, my, what I'm saying though is that all you need a, to know. there is a very long wonder at the end of the movie. Where it's following mm-hmm. him around, yeah, and it's funny because it goes from it starts to him going into the shower, so you know he's naked because mm-hmm. you see his his nicely toned ass uh, in the shower. He does have a nice ass. He does. Oh, he does. But it starts there, so you know he's Peach-like naked. Like even you, you know, <laughs> so juicy. <laughs> you know that he's naked, and the the camera though then follows him for like the next ten oh, like, yeah. ten minutes yeah, almost. It's yeah, easily and. Yeah. and Every now and then, it'll like the camera will zoom back to where you see he's still naked, like, yep. and you can even see like his nuts between his legs a couple times. Yeah, I looked. Um, <laughs> you can see him though, like Mike but, really went through this with a fine tooth comb. My point is though, like they didn't hide it. You know what I'm saying? No. Like he yeah. literally did everything completely in the buff. Oh, yeah. Like for sure. for sure, yeah. But you never see that, like ever. No. I mean, sometimes no, never like this. Mm-mm. I've never seen a movie that put a male actor in that type of vulnerable spot right. in a movie in my life. I've never seen it. Right, and it almost and Ever. it does. It takes Polar that movie Polar with no, uh, not the same. I mean, his it's not. I, I guess his dick wasn't out the whole the time. Same. But it takes the fact that she is damn near naked herself. Yeah, but it do, like you said earlier, it takes on a completely different meaning once she's post. Sure. being damn near murdered on the tree. It's almost like you think she's, she's stripped down to this, but then you see right. him at the end, he's even more right. stripped down. Right. And, you know and, it, and right. her look becomes awesome. this like badass look to well, yeah, her. Not, yeah, like, sure. She's like got this like vengeful, badass type of spirit to her that she's become a different person. Well, and it's, it's yeah, really she's, cool. She's running around, like somehow she's able to run around the desert in bare feet. Right. Wearing basically no clothing, but she's also got uh, like a fucking bullet bandolier strapped across her yeah. chest. She's which holding reminds a, me a lot huge of those, shotgun. Which reminds me a lot of those exploitation girls with guns, like yeah. babes with guns movies. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that was intentional. Oh, dude. And my favorite shot of the entire movie, honestly, was uh, I think it was after she, yeah, she was, it was after she killed the first guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, 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 uh, she sneaks up on him. Because he's taking a piss. She grabs his shotgun and he turns around and he's like, he says, I never leave my gun loaded. I, you know, like he said, that was his plan. Like, I I let my prey come to me. I let my prey think that they're going to get me and then I get them. And then she fucking stabs him in both oh, eyes. Right in the, right in the <laughs> face. I saw that. But first, no, no, that's first, not my favorite scene, though. Well, real quick, though, my first reaction was finally somebody that stabs somebody in the fucking head. Yeah. Like, every right. movie is yeah. like, stab him where he's going to die. Stab right. people <laughs> in the head. Yeah. In the face. Come on. Or the heart or whatever. But, but, 
the it was it was the scene following that though where she's the 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 fucking the 80s music is just bumping mm-hmm. yep. and she's yep. she's cruising through the desert now with uh, she stole his four-wheeler yeah and the whole scene is dark except for her pink star earring which and i was like there was such a there was such a crazy contrast between the the dark night sky she's now completely covered in blood and dirt Mm -hmm. her hair is no longer bleach blonde it's like it's black basically yeah and you just and you just see the 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 little hint of the desert moon glinting off of her hot pink star earring it was such a cool visual It it's really like good. it's like yeah. fucking murder Barbie is coming for <laughs> yeah. you. Murder, murder, yeah. murder Barbie. Exactly. I, just, I feel like there was so like both. That's what in, the name of this episode should have been: Attack of the Murder, murder Barbies. Barbie. <laughs> um, I feel like there was way too much blood for anyone to still be standing. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, she, like, lost, she, she lost she, about a dozens people's worth of blood right. just walking through the desert. Right, just they walking were, through the desert when they're following her. I'm like, she would have been yeah. dead by now. Oh, yeah. What is going on? And then the well, blood she, in the, the house at the end. Like, and then she's in the it. like disgusting, stagnant pools yeah. of water. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you're dying yeah. of yeah. infection Suspension at least. Suspension right. of disbelief. Yeah. yeah, you really have to have, you really have to Not have to mention the entire movie, movie, she still has a gaping hole in her body. Right, exactly. Well, on the inside. And she only cauterized the front wound. What happened to the back wound? <laughs> well, sh- that they show like it is. I'm guessing though. like maybe it looks like it's. It. I'm guessing yeah. that like they don't show you, but she probably did it on both sides. It's a lot I have of no conjecture. Idea. Even still, conjecture. you'd still be bleeding out on the inside. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. That's like that. The the deaths were crazy. Yeah. Uh, the the violence. Oh, the when Richard finally dies at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the most authentic looking slab of meat falling on the floor that I've ever yep. seen. Like she I shoots agree. him in the chest and he he goes, goes down. he, he <laughs> yeah. like he like goes back against the wall and then fall there's so much blood on the floor that when he falls down to the floor it's just like it's literally like watching a pile of meat just yeah. sort of go buy <laughs> go like... buy a porterhouse from the store throw it against the wall and watch it hit the ground that's, that's what it exactly looks, what it looks like. like and they even said like they were there were times during the shooting of this movie where the uh the special effects team were like there's no more blood <laughs> and yep. and cor and Coralie farge she's like well we need more blood and, and yep. they couldn't get it from france they were shooting in morocco and they couldn't oh, okay. they were trying to get the the more blood from france and she would go, she'd be, like that last scene where uh, Jen is finally walking out like toward the pool when the helicopter's showing up and there's blood over all the walls. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, she was telling the special effects team, blood on the walls, I want more blood. <laughs> and they weren't doing it. So eventually she just took a can of blood and she's just, just spraying blood her. all over, all over the walls. There was it's so just... much. But my, how did nobody slip until the one time the girl did? Like... <laughs> How is that the first time in them running in circles that somebody fell flat on their face? I don't get it. That whole so scene too, like they're going around literally in just one circle. Yeah. Like four or five times, right. but it was so somebody tense. just stop. It was so tense the <laughs> whole was. time though. It, it was. was really effective because you didn't know who was who was going to end up catching who. Right. Uh, yeah. All right, cool, uh, that's revenge. Yeah, let's wrap it up. That we're is at revenge. The, we're at the oh shit, we're way over our mark. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So All right. the um, 
as we talked about earlier, before we uh, finish up here, we're going to pick the next month's worth, basically, of shows. Yep. I'm looking at the calendar in front of me. Next week, we had talked about how we were going to do Ash vs. Evil Dead retrospective once a month. We were a little bit late on that because uh, Jansen, who's been a part of that, had some scheduling <laughs> conflicts. But uh, next week, the first, which will be the first uh, day of the new month, uh-huh. um, that's what we're doing. So next week is going to be uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2. Cool. So we got that to catch up on. That being said... We have four other dates to choose. We have the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th to choose. So right. uh, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. We're going to go back and forth. Well, we should let Jen pick one, too. Yeah, fine. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> All right. All right, so this is going to be for the 8th. For the 8th, we have... Oh, my gosh. So crumpled. <laughs> uh, one of mine. Okay. This is a wild card. Oh, Okay. Uh, this isn't oh, real, real quick. We, we, we both chose four normal episodes, uh, one wild card, which could be anything, uh, one bad brew, one compare contrast. And what was the other one? It was uh, director, spotlight. a director, director or, or, or actor, actor spotlight. spotlight. Yep. Okay. So this is one of mine. This is my wild card. And the theme is this old house. Oh, the chain Vila movies, the changeling <laughs> and the orphanage. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm into that. I'm so really excited uh, to watch the changeling. I haven't seen. All right, in a Jen, long time. you can pick the next one. All right. This will be for the uh, for the 15th of March. Concept killers. Another one of mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Animorph and seven. Animorph and seven. Yep. Animorph. What mm. is Animorph? It's a movie. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch the shit out of it. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, for the 22nd. These are all going to be mine. I hope not. <laughs> I think you're probably right, though. No, that's yours. Is that, is <laughs> that yours? Yes. All right. So uh, this is one of my one of my more uh, dubious entries. Oh, oh boy. boy. This is called Full Term Terror. Oh, no. <laughs> it's another pregnancy episode. <laughs> oh, God. With uh, Demon Seed. Okay. And Inseminoid. Oh my god! Oh, no. See, I, oh yeah, I knew that I needed to pick good <laughs> yeah. movies because he was going to pick, gonna pick the shit, shit ones. Yeah. All right, James, you got the last one then. Oh, all right, here we go. Pick it up, bitch. And Although I did say oh. after we were done watching the other Oop, movie, I'm like, can we go back to when I come on the show to watching <laughs> crazy shit and not this deep type of stuff? This one's crunched up really small. I think it's probably one of yours. It probably is. Ah, oh, jeez. I hope it's one of the good ones. Why is it so? It's <laughs> really don't excessive. Don't do this. Oh my gosh. Dude, just open it. I'm trying. He the suspense is it. killing me. All right, what do you got? Uh, oh, this is one of mine. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this is a good one, though. Okay. Com- compare contrast. Okay. The town that dreaded sundown. Oh, awesome. Nice, right? <clears throat> what? Okay. What? Okay, nothing. Wh- what? I've seen one of them. Yeah. We'll talk off air. Did you see the other? We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk off air. If yes. not, it's not an issue. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so that's it. We will. Uh, we'll. Michael make some. Yeah, I'm gonna post cute little graphic and the, we'll post uh, it on the month's uh, schedule coming up so that you can watch uh, watch all these movies. So. Wow. Uh, three out of the four are mine. Yeah, they are. 
which means we are in for a doozy oh, next month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can still check out our uh, Audible link at audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. Uh, get yourself a free book, 30-day free trial. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. You keep the book. It's a deal. Just take advantage of it. What All right. Well, Wait, that's it. For- <laughs> what is happening? All right. We'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Try to have a good night.